Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. Alex Navarro. Get me more video games of Spider-Man. Get me the video games of Spider-Man. It's a lot of J. Jonah Jameson in this new Spider-Man 2. Brad Shoemaker. I'm not even going to try to do a J. Jonah Jameson impression here. Okay, just do a J.K. Simmons impression then. <laughs> Is he back? Is he in Hi. this? Hi, I'm J.K. Simmons. Oh, that's perfect. That's, pretty, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. That's a little more gravelly than I thought, but, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. It's not bad. Is Solid. It, is he doing it in this? No, I, I don't think it's it is. Sound no, 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 okay. no, 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 no but, but much the way he's that... He's too big. <laughs> he's too big, and also, I th- but it's one of those things where it's like, he is now the default yes. for all portrayals it's, of J. Jonah Jameson, because he's too good at it. It's too good, yes. Yeah. I, you know, he, it's not the likeness for sure, but the voice is obviously going for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and in that, like, are you trying to get a sound like, because <laughs> this really is, I mean, just JK. This was always the tone of J. Jonah Jameson. He was always an angry blowhard. It's just uh-huh. that JK Simmons honed it to such a <laughs> precise and unbelievable degree that, yeah, it, 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 by, by default now, all portrayals of J. Jonah Jameson will be compared to him. He is, he is the elemental, he is the crystallized, the pure crystallized form. Yes. Yes. The JJJ. Uh, in case uh, we haven't given it away, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man 2 today. Excuse me, Marvel's Spider-Man okay. 2. Yes. Marvel's. Uh, uh, how else would hereby, you know? Hereby, uh, hence known as Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, should, should I watch those new movies? Which ones are the new movies? You mean the current yeah. MCU ones? I guess I guess it's the Tom Holland. I mean, I don't even know what to say about the Andrew Garfield ones. It seems like everybody just kind of forgot about those. Well, except that I know he was in that most recent one. Yeah, they so like did. The, the, they brought in the multiverse Spider-Man yeah. for that. I thought yeah, that was I, a fun I, movie. I, I mean, I guess any and all, actually. Like, either Garfield or Holland, but I guess specifically the Holland ones. I'm just kind of got Spider-Man on the brain. I still I think they're really I think they're very fun. Yet. Yeah, really I think good. they're fun, uh, fun movies, and it, it's got... It's that mar- mod modern Marvel. It's mm-hmm. that modern Marvel uh, snark is isn't it a lot? Mm, so yes. like kind of if mm. if you hate that, then I think you are not going to enjoy. Not my but it's favorite. You know, they yeah, also put a, this Spider Man at least in the in the early ones like pretty close proximity to Tony Stark. So there's yes. a lot of like bouncing back and forth of that style of dialogue. Uh, well, he's right. he's he's much younger than some of the other ones. Like he's he's a high school kid in this. And he very always much starts like, as a high school kid, man. He's a high, he starts <laughs> out as a high school kid in the Amazing ones. He starts as a high school kid in the Tobey Maguire ones. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. but like Tobey Maguire high school kid. Okay, that felt a little. Let's say in my mind, Tobey Maguire Spider Man High School Kid felt a little more aw shucks sixties and seventies Spider Man. There's something there's something very like corny and earnest about those yes. Raimi movies, right? That I kind of remember liking a lot. Oh, I mean, they're, and, they're just going back to the straight up origin in that one, like all the stuff with like was it Bonesaw McGraw and and Randy Savage and stuff. Like that was his origin in the comics. So like that one is really by the numbers, just trying to do its version of the original origin story of Spider Man. And then, and then uh, the the latest one, the Holland ones. I feel like um, he's much more of a believable teen. Yes, um, like a more modern teen with who, far less believable technology. Yeah, who's still kind of aw shucks, but not in that kind of like naive. Uh, he, he just like is a kid who makes mistakes, right? Like yeah. you're just like like oh, Mister Stark, I didn't really realize that hitting all the buttons would do this. Ah, oh, geez, I'm so sorry. Yeah, kind of way. I I enjoy them. I think they're fun though. 
I wonder if he's going to be aging out pretty soon of because he's aging faster than they're making them, which is almost hard to believe because they make a lot of them. Well, they've only made but, threes of those Spider-Man movies. Only three. <laughs> Uh, there's like so this is like homecoming. But he was in home. the Avengers stuff <laughs> like, too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. that I, was I the thing of... is that this Spider-Man was introduced kind of in the middle of the MCU versus like the Raimi yeah. and the the Amazing Spider stuff, where it just kind of existed standalone. I kind of, I kind of get the sense that just turn this into movie chat. I yeah. sort of get the sense that Tom Holland is moving into his Daniel Radcliffe phase mm, where like he wants to, to like weird stuff, take take some interesting weird roles and like actually do memorable work and not just be a marquee you know temple guy forever i like tom holland i'm not sure that he has the same batshit quality that daniel radcliffe <laughs> sort of has really fully embraced radcliffe has really fucking gone for it man it's yeah. crazy that dude really just does not want to be remembered as harry potter hey, God bless him for it <laughs> yeah i mean i again i like i like tom holland spider-man he's what what is he English? Tom Holland. Tom yes. Holland, I believe, is English. Um, he does a great job. Like he doesn't sneak through. Like sometimes it does for very good actors doing American accents. Like it's very believable. Um, I think I think you should give um those a chance, Brad. If you're inter- I if you are interested in this kind of level of Spider Man, I think those are the they feel like the most current of them well the they ones, are the most current of them well yeah but i know what you mean they yeah, like they're, it's hard, it's they're hard updating to the origin for the current cinematic climate versus just trying to retell the story from the 60s I, and 70s but, but what if you what if you're not a huge fan of the current cinematic Th- then maybe maybe stick with the garfield ones or something but like no the, don't stick with the garfield I might, ones. I may, maybe i'll watch the raimi ones again i don't know yeah like the like in the current climate, they feel like the superhero movies that fit slot in the best, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, again, with the snark factor and there's continuity between the characters in the Marvel universe. Oh, see, that's that, another thing. I am not going to go watch eight other Marvel movies to right. set them up. I, eight if I you're lucky, think, dude. Yeah. Eight if you're lucky and like 17 TV series, but yeah. like, I don't think you have to. Yeah, I'm sure. But I think homecoming is very fun. I think far from home is all right. And I think no way home is uh um is, is a little better than i think far from home far from home i think is the mysterio one that's the mysterio um, one with jake Gyllenhaal. yeah it, uh, yeah which is all right but i think homecoming's fun because it's the first one and yeah uh, just 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 to move into actual video games here i think i'm just gonna say it right now i think this recent playstation i guess trilogy now it is you would call it like this is this is my favorite spider-man actually sure uh, uh, is these games i um, i kind of agree and i, I as uh, much as i really like the first of the Spider-Verse animated movies, I think I like this Miles portrayal slightly better than those movies. Yeah, yeah. I guess, to be to be clear, I guess I'd, I would say, I I haven't seen the second Spider-Verse, I've only seen the first one, but I, I kind of, because it's so, like, the cons- the concept is so out there with all the different realities and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it is animated, I kind of think of it as its own thing, with its own identity. It's not It's not going for... Realism is the dumbest word to use about superhero stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, like it's it's much more 
stylish and stylized and and a lot more interesting off off the wall type stuff going on where like these games and the and the movies are much a little bit more rooted in reality i guess i would say well it's it's version of reality yeah whereas yeah you're right it's a much more fantastical presentation in those spider verse movies and to be clear i do like the second one a fair amount it's just that i think the first one was such a like incredibly oh, so novel and out of nowhere thing yeah, that totally. like the second one just kind of suffers by comparison and again i like miles in those movies too Though I think where they take him in the second one feels like it takes a little bit of the personal urgency out of it and makes it more of this gigantic universe spanning thing that he is just a small cog in. And I think that's kind of what I like about the game portrayal of him is that it's not a big story about how this this Spider-Man doesn't fit into the grand scheme of the Marvel Universe, it's actually a story about no, not only does he fit here and is he a completely normal Spider-Man, he just exists in tandem with the Spider-Man that started out this whole thing. I think I'm somewhere between like, I think again, I don't know the comic miles very much. So just going off of, um, I think I liked, I like miles Morales a lot as a Spider-Man. Like in, should we just talk about the game? Should we yeah, transition? I mean, we're into getting the game into talk? this with Spider-Man right. too, but we've all obviously played the first one and we all played miles Morales. Um, so I think early on in Spider-Man Two, the game, I just wanted to keep switching over to Miles because I like Miles as a character. Yeah, I, I spent um, I spent most of well, God, there's a lot to talk about with this game. I mean, there is the fact that you can just change at will, mm -hmm. except that you have to play a specific one for each story mission. Yeah. But other than that, you can kind of just play whoever. And there I are certain types of side missions and, that require yes. one Spider-Man or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Just just about all the side activities I think are locked to one character or the other. But like just swinging uh, around, you can kind of switch whenever. And I I spent most of the early game as Miles. He's until, just. He, He's a fun character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Peter has, Peter has his place. He's got, well, all right, let me say this. We're going to talk about Spider-Man two, the game. We have, None uh, of us have not finished fin it to be, clear. we haven't finished it. We we've had it for a bit here. We played a bunch of it. Um, we're not going to get into story spoilers. We're too greatly. Just Mostly yeah, if, if anything, just up. early game setup stuff. I, I, um, I, would, I would say we probably won't talk about anything that isn't already obvious from the marketing for the game. Yeah. yeah. And, or, uh, or even the box art for that matter. And, um, you know, we're we'll probably talk a lot about mechanics and stuff like that. So just spoiler warning there. Yeah. Um, we're not, we're going to not going to go out of our way to spoil anything. Uh, also, again, we haven't finished the game. So I think everybody that we would talk about is, is known or, or character development wise is, is kind of a known quantity at this point, but there, you know, yeah. fair warning. Uh, we're going to talk about Spider-Man two, the game in which you have Peter Parker and Miles Morales as uh, as the two Spider Men, they, <laughs> they are... decided no brand differentiation whatsoever. They <laughs> yep. just say, "Hey, Spider Man, what's up, Spider Man?" But, yeah, it's it's dude. There's a lot of amazing Spider Man and Spider Man interaction stuff. There in this, is an amazing they, Spider Man. Yeah. Yes. Well, what were they? Yes, they both refer to each other as Spider Man, like rapid fire in the same conversation. But there is yeah. like there is an exchange with another character later on in the game where they dig into that. Like, like what do you call you? What do you guys call yes. yourselves? Spider Men? Yeah. Spider Mans? Like yes. this is a branding problem. Come get your um, Spider-Mans. Um, and, and there's like, there's some clever stuff like the, um, it's structurally, it is that game. Like to be clear, like if you played the first two at a basic level, you know exactly what the template is here. So yeah. like they've got the random crimes that spawn all over the place that you can go do. And they do a cool thing where occasionally the other Spider-Man you're not playing will swing in and just help you fight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of those things and then have like a pithy little quip and then swing oh, away. Okay. Again. Here's we we should also mention we played this early before release. There have been day one patches. I think I just played today with the a patch. So 
some stuff might not be in the final version, but to that point, Brad, I was doing a side mission, one of those side missions where you have to like take down um, uh, a bunch of enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like go to this place, take down a bunch of enemies. And I was like, oh man, I, th- this is one you could do it as either. And I was like, oh man, thematically, I think I'd rather do this as Miles. So I'm going to go swing away. I'm going to go switch to Miles and I'm going to come back because Miles has done all of these before. So I get there, I go in the thing and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go switch. And you have to get a little bit away before you can switch. I switch, I come back, everybody's webbed to the walls and dead, uh, or, or, you know, quote, unquote dead, because Spider-Man, yeah, knocked out, and I'm like, wait, what? Did the other Spider-Man come in here and finish his side mission? And then I was able to do the, like, push triangle on the thing to end the mission, because usually after you kill everybody, you gotta do that, and it didn't give me credit, and I had to reload a checkpoint. Yeah, but I was like, that's kind of amazing if, like, the other Spider-Man, it's like, oh, I'm doing these side missions too, (laughs) don't don't worry. Right right up until you said it broke at the end, I was wondering if that was actually intentional on their part which would be incredible it's it's, Um, it it didn't pop the it didn't pop the like completed thing i've noticed a couple of glitches here and there i will say this is mostly a pretty polished experience from what i've played but i've had a couple of missions where like an enemy didn't spawn and i could not finish that fight that kind of thing i've had yeah like one of the prowler stashes the prompt didn't work to open the safe at the very end and i had to abandon mission and restart or i had like i had a cutscene where some sound effects were, were missing and it was just not it's it's it, a it, little it, yes, buggy. It, it, it's a, just a tiny bit, and yes. I and, and to be clear, this happened after the day one patch, which came down last Friday. I think. Yeah, this is um, all stuff that I experienced like last night after already getting all those patches yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. Like even even the prowler stash that broke, it's like ninety seconds once you know what to do to do it again. It's not and the end of the, the world. Checkpointing is fine. Checkpointing is fine. Some of that stuff, though. Okay, we're going to be talking about this for a while, but. Um, some of that stuff can be fiddly. It's funny you mentioned the Prowler Stash stuff because there's so many contextual button things in this game mm-hmm. that are like, and different button combinations where you're like, have to be the right distance away from the, before the dot will change into the button prompt or like shimmy a little bit to your left or to your right to, to make the button prompt appear that I have, I have almost thought that the thing was bugged until I kind of went away and walked back forward and backwards to get the button prompt. It can be a little fiddly, and sometimes the UI will just cover up the button prompt, and you're like, I think it's a triangle, or L1 plus square, or R1, R2 here. Um, it's it's a lot. So, when Brad, when you say this game is like the other ones, it is, but also I feel like they broke the dial off on this one. Sure, like they, yes. They didn't just turn it up it, a little bit. They yeah. just kept turning until the dial broke, and yeah. it is. And it, I'm going to say out of the gate here, for people who just want the 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 cut of it is uh i really like this yes i I I also i also wanted to say that up front because i think sometimes i see people take the wrong tone from some of the discussions we have i'm flabbergasted how much i like this game like i went from i mean i love the first two but i went from thinking like i I love those games but this is clearly going to be that again like i'm going to play it but am i going to be excited about it or have i had my fill of that formula like in the space of like the first 12 hours that i put into it i went from like feeling that way to thinking like man this is like game of the year contender i like this is really good i i there is one thing in this game that sends set chills down my spine we've been doing this for a long time 20 plus years and you know it happens rarely this game has like no loading like when i say like very little at all no like no loading like once you're in the game you fast travel you come out of the map. You are in the zone that you hit to fast travel. Yeah, it's, it a, it's is a really, it's a really kind slick of amazing fast travel. Like it literally, 
you have to hold a button for like three seconds. Although there's been a whole argument on Twitter with like straight up insomniac engineers now chiming in of people saying like, Oh, well you have to hold the button for three seconds. Cause that's when it's caching the assets. And then they said like, no, we had it working without any spin up time. Thought, yeah. But, it could be a UI thing um, where like, you don't want somebody to accidentally hit yeah, the that, thing. That's what they said it was, but, um, who knows, but point, like by the point being like, it literally yeah. zooms into the map you are looking at, which is your map screen. Like where you hit the thing too fast travel, it just like zooms into that and it becomes the real city and you swing right in. It's very it's bonkers, right? It's, it's kind of nuts. It's it's so bonkers, uh, and they do that. They do um, character switching is pretty much near instantaneous. Maybe you get a frame of, uh, or it's, like it's a, a little, half a second of black, like, like yeah, a quick swoop in animation. Yeah. Um, and there you they, go. they do they 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 do or they try to do. I'm torn. They try to do the Grand Theft Auto Five thing of like cutting to like you know scene in progress type mm-hmm. thing of the other character, you know. But they don't go as hard as GTA Five did with no. that. It's not um, like you're not going to wake up and Miles is like drunk on a park bench somewhere. Right. Like you know, it's yeah. it's it's very much just like nope, he's just perched on this building. Yeah, Here you the, go. Yeah, the, the setups are not as elaborate. Occasionally, it'll be like, oh, he's high fiving somebody on the street when you come in right. on him or something like that. But um, it is a little weird to me though when you change characters. You actually they spawn the new character in right where the old one was. Yes, it, it's kind of whatever. It doesn't matter. But some sometimes they'll you know they try this this game has interesting ways to try and tie their two characters together they'll acknowledge when you switch sometimes they'll be like oh thanks miles for the heads up that this Mm -hmm. side mission was here that you can't do you know it's um uh, sometimes oh sorry go ahead well i was gonna say the other thing that i'm trying to keep aware of is i don't i can't tell if they've recorded multiple takes of dialogue for when you're swinging or standing because sometimes when peter or miles is standing doing a, a dialogue thing they'll be like yeah, I'm gonna go on my way to go visit Aunt May, and it, you know I'm gonna do this thing. And then when you're swinging, he's like, "Hey, I'm, oh, I'm gonna yeah, go." They, <clears throat> they're like yelling. They, they've been doing that, I think, since the first game. Yeah, wow. there was some of that definitely in Miles Morales, at least. That's um, intense. Like they're like small touches like that are kind of neat. I, yeah. I I find very neat. Yeah. But they're they're you can high five each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do your Spider Man points? Yeah, they, they've recorded a ton of dialogue for like getting cut off. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like. I was in the middle of a story conversation over the over the radio or whatever while I was swinging around, and I happened to swing right over one of those car chases, just the yeah. random crime event ones, and like the dialogue very seamlessly. Like I couldn't tell it was there was even a seam there. Like was just like, oh, hang on a minute, I got to deal with something. I got something yeah. something car chase, and like and then picked it back up like pretty cleanly. It was, it was very impressive. It's it's like it's oh it, yeah, the other games have done that as well, and it does it okay sometimes you get a repeat of the line again like mm-hmm. we're like where were we um and yeah, it's yeah, not perfect like, stitching yes, but yes, it's, yes, it's they, pretty yeah. good it's they, they pretty good and like feels fairly contiguous you know yeah. for yeah. the world the, the the character switching has led to a kind of new manifestation of open world brain for me uh-huh of like like i went to go do a hunter base this morning and like Miles is the, is next up in the story progression, and the thing he's supposed to go do is like it's not urgent, but it's actually just his mom calls and was like, "Hey, I need your help. Like, could you come mm-hmm. swing by the office or whatever? Like, I need your." And I was like, "Well, Miles wouldn't like put his mom off to go right do side missions. I have to switch to Peter now to do this side mission. <laughs> I can't like, I can't make Miles blow his mom off like this. It's like a mm-hmm. dumb, <laughs> dumb way to no like, that gets sucked into the stupid open world mechanics. That's totally what I was talking about before. I was like, oh, I should do this side mission as Miles because in my head canon, this is a Miles yeah, mission, yeah. not a Peter mission. Um, some are specific that you you can't, yeah. but but it's it's very quick to switch. Like this game, this game. This game. This, this game, game has just so much going on in it. So 
the fast travel is really technically one of the most amazing things I think going on in this game, just in terms of seeing it happen. Like it's just, it's just wild. Cause the map is big. It's a, it's a big map. It's big. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's the, not what, like open world, Witcher big, but no, 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 no. I mean, it's one of those things you don't really appreciate until you're on the ground. And that was the, yeah. that was the case with, with the other ones too, which is to say that it is a fairly big rendition of comic book, New York. I mean, obviously it is not a super realistic version of it. But when you're swinging around, it doesn't feel quite as big because you are just covering huge distances in fairly quick order, especially once you get that wingsuit going. Yeah. And Dude, yes. but they have added like Queens and Brooklyn stuff that was not there before. I mean, it's not again, all it's Queens. Very, not all, yeah. It's a very condensed vision of Queens, but at least there is more territory you can cover. It's interesting. I mean, I've been to Queens and Brooklyn before and Manhattan. It's not like I've never been there, but still looking at that map occasionally, I'm like, man, is it really that small? No. Oh. No, Queens is no. gigantic. Is yes, yeah, and they are no. condensing like six neighborhoods into a pretty small, con- like like section of it. Yeah. But to, to be fair, the map screen does show plenty more urban sprawl <laughs> off to the side that you yes. can't actually go interact with. But but no, Forest um, Hills is not immediately adjacent to a st- like Astoria. You have to go a little further. Um, and it, it really is the mobility though. Like the like I mean, there's a lot they've added yeah. to this, but like I think that the mobility stuff is the biggest new change. Because, the wingsuit like, especially, yeah. The wingsuit is huge and all the, uh, like, there's, like, mid-air jumps and dashes they add around that mm-hmm. stuff and everything. And, like, there are all kinds of air currents you can use with the wingsuit mm-hmm. to fly around super quick and get more altitude and stuff to the point that, like, you're never going to not swing. Like, to be clear, like, you're always going to mm-hmm. have to swing. Well, maybe once you get all the upgrades, not I as much. I use the wingsuit like, mostly when I'm covering, like, bodies of water more yeah, than anything else. Yes, but, like, it, it almost felt like it was de-emphasizing the swinging at a point to me because they give you so many other options for I, zooming around. I wingsuit and then uh, point launch so often. Yeah. Like, I'll do mm-hmm. the wingsuit and then I'll hit the current and then I'll do that, you know, double web to point launch off a thing. I mean, when you have to chase down the cars, those are back chasing the cars. Sometimes I'll swing because you pick up speed a little better than, yeah. the, than the flying. Yeah. But um, you get so many traversal options. It's bananas. Even hard to remember what you can do yeah. in terms of like, on because you have three tech trees now. You have the Miles tree, the Peter tree, and a shared tree. And the shared tree has a lot of the traversal stuff in it, yeah. and kind of general spider, Spider-Man stuff. And then you also have, was it suit tech? You have yeah. suit tech so, so and gadgets. Yeah, God, dude, there's so much. There's, there's I mean, some of that tech. stuff was already there. Like the gadgets were yeah. there before. They've just added yeah, yeah, more yeah. of them. It's it's all of this. The game is very dense. Like there is a lot to keep track of, and it all is because in the past few games there was only one playable character, and now there are two, and it feels it does not feel like there are two games worth of abilities and upgrades crammed into one, but like there's definitely like one and a half games yeah. worth. I think yeah. there's there's. Suit upgrades are all passive. It's like health and damage and focus accrual and stuff. And traversal. Mm-hmm. And, and traversal. Um, there is There are two skill trees. Sorry, there are three skill trees, like you said. There's right. the big common one, and then each character also has a, a second skill tree. Each character also has a set of abilities that are totally separate, and you can slot different abilities into each of their four That's slots. Right. It's like your quick, uh, quick, like you hold down L1 and yeah. uh, face buttons yeah. uh, abilities. And, and there's all the gadgets with their own upgrade trees. Like there's a lot. And, and there are like, what, four or five upgrade token currencies. That, uh, there's a few. Hero get. City. Hero tokens, rare, city tokens, tech parts, rare tech, rare tech parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, to the point it's, that to the point that any upgrade you're on, if you don't have enough for it, there's a button that's like where to find, and it yeah. lists out like here are the activities you need to do to get hero tokens. 
And then there's all the cosmetic suits, which there are like they have jammed every other cosmetic suit into this. And now they have I'm gonna use the word because I feel like everybody knows what it means now, but they have colorways, let's yes. say, for for the suits. Um which is like, man, I'm not wasting my tokens on suits right now. I got so yes. much other stuff to upgrade. You're yes. gonna waste a, a I hero token so many tokens on, a, <laughs> on suits and I'm <laughs> the I, suits are rad. Well the thing is I, I some of them are. I also think some of them are kind of fucking hideous, but also a lot of them are you know, based on comic side stories and other yes. things, so it's not their fault that they're hideous. <laughs> it's just that they're rendering something that I think kind of looks like shit. I, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of those suits. It's awesome that they're all in there. I'm, yeah. only, I'm only basically I'm only ever going to use suits that lo- look sort of consistent with the base, the base design, oh, or just I look went, good. Yeah, I went for Miles is like Daft Daft Punk twenty was that was EDM 20, suit. Yeah, the 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 one with the headphones in. Mm-hmm. It was twenty. I can't remember the names. And there's, then like, there's Spider Man twenty nine nine stuff in there, um, which I mean, he's a factor one. in the most recent Spider Verse movies. <laughs> yeah, to, to uh, be clear, I will I will use goofy suits once I'm past the story sure. and like doing yeah. mop up because I might go for the platinum. Although I did say that about Miles Morales, and but I'm also but, changing the suits constantly. Like literally, anytime I switch characters, I just plop them into a different suit because I just want to see what the what dumb thing they look like in the cutscenes when they're wearing them. So to be clear, if you haven't played this by the time you've heard this which you probably haven't um it's there's no early access for this one right? i don't think like so Microsoft's i think it's just out sony, on friday sony's not really doing that no to date, okay. i don't think um yeah i think there's just the regular version and then the deluxe version which i think gets you like 10 suits and then um some earlier access to two suits i think yeah. you get like 10 specific suits um but you the suits are not tied to the powers the no. suit tech is its own tree and there's just purely cosmetic on the suits part. So the traversal stuff is, is not only they are leaning into whatever technology breakthroughs they've had in their streaming tech, because you can upgrade the swing speed, um, the flight speed. I think you can also upgrade, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. You can get around fast. Like yeah. God, you mentioned the wind tunnels, you can move this city underneath you very, very well. Quickly. That's, I mean, that's what they have been showing off as they've kind of been building this out and also kind of, you know, with Ratchet and the way that they were. Do- I mean, there's literally a level in this game where they are straight <laughs> yeah. up doing the Ratchel, yes. fu- Ratchet fun with portal shit. Dude, that, and that it's mission, pretty good. That mission like blew me away. I was like, yeah. man, they've had some ideas here and this is executed very well. Um, but yes, that that traversal stuff is it's it's amazing because the fast travel is so fast. And not only is the fast travel fast. You can fast travel to anywhere you have. Okay, I guess we should say you have to unlock fast travel first. Yes, of all. you have to do enough stuff in a given a region zone. to unlock yeah. uh, uh, fast travel for it. But once you have fast travel unlocked, you can fast travel to any place in that zone. So if you are like, oh, I'm going to go do the side mission, you just hit the button on that icon mm-hmm. and you will fast travel to directly where that side mission is. And it's like, makes going around scooping up extra things so easy. Yeah. It's so nice, but the traversal's also so fast that sometimes I'm like, eh, I'll just swing yeah. over there because I'm, like it, you move so quickly. In this well, and game. that's that's the thing is I think the way they really want you to experience this and the way they are trying to pace it out for the player is that you are hitting these side objectives on the way to whatever the next big thing is. You know, like there's a ton of repeated content. I mean, when I say repeated content, I mean it's the same type of mission objective <laughs> like spread throughout every region of the city. And if you just sit there and try and do them all in like one big, you know, kind of clump, uh, you will burn the fuck out fast because that is just not the way there's too. it's too similar. Too much of it is too similar for that to be the way. So like what the way 
And this is the way I played Miles Morales in, in the first game, which is that I would just swing to whatever the next, you know, either side or main objective was, and anything that was along that path, I will deal that stuff dotted along the way. But anything if, anything else, yeah. I'm just leaving it for later because it will be there and there will be a lot more of it all the time. That's 100% how I'm playing, too. Like, if you, if you did all the science experiments in a row, like, you'd get really burned out on... There's a lot of mini games also. It's a lot yeah. of mini A games. lot of little mini games to do in these side missions. Like There's I, a rhythm I'm, I'm, game that pops up at one yes, point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been doing the full collect the zone stuff, but I did stop at some point because, um, Brad, you mentioned this off mic as well. They lock so many things behind narrative beats yeah. that it's kind of in your best interest to at least hit some kind of um, – big milestone in the story to unlock a lot of that stuff before you start hunting things down. The uh, crime events seem like they are infinite and, and randomized in a way that... And not more interesting than they were not in more the interesting. games. And like you can do those to grind up level in a zone, but really, that's I was doing that for a bit, and that gets old pretty quickly. Uh, that's, I don't think that's the way to do it. There are more than enough collectibles, minigames in a zone to get that level up without having to grind out those, um, those crime events. It's, there's a lot in a zone and, yeah. uh, and you, and you, and most of it, 80% of it's going to be locked until you hit some point And then it all comes like rushing in like yeah. a tidal wave, uh, opened up. Um, you guys want to take a quick break and we'll continue talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, let's do it. All right, stick around. We got some more to say about miles and Peter and the rest of the spider crew. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and we are talking Spider-Man 2. Let's get a little bit into some of the uh, combat, because the combat in this game also, I think, feels maybe as good as it's felt in Miles or Spider-Man, uh, the original. It's they're, They have given you everything. And They've given every- you so many <laughs> abilities and that are all on timers and so many different ways that you it's, can kind of pop dudes up and do random things to them. Like a lot of it was there. Like all it the, was you know, there, the, right? All the shooting guys with webs and you know swinging objects at them and you know kind of air juggling guys. Like all that stuff was there before, but in tandem with like some of the new power abilities, like. Peter has his uh, his eight legged mechanical spider suit tentacle thing that I think that, is sort of par- based on the Octavius tech. Yeah, it looks like that. Did they ever like depict him getting that in a past game, or is that just like I I was like shocked when I saw all these like mechanical spider legs like burst out of his back for the first time. It's been long enough since the first one that I don't remember if that's where the Octavius stuff landed was with him having any of that tech. But uh, it, I mean, it's definitely based on that. And then uh, Miles's stuff is his electric powers. Which which are continuing to build out and and morph in different ways. Yeah, looking looking at Miles' um, skill tree, this never hit me when I was playing Miles Morales the game three years mm-hmm. ago. But like retrospectively, maybe is it is it a little weird that they named all? Maybe it's from the comics, but they named all his powers like Venom powers now, considering what this story <laughs> is dealing with. Yeah, like I I don't know I I, I don't know I I think. Venom is in this game, the character. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously the symbiote stuff is. I all mean, they've over showed it. pictures of it. In okay, the yeah, right. So, like, I, I don't remember, so. but maybe those things tie together, and I actually don't know that. Well, I mean, we we have to talk a little bit about kind of what the story setup is here, and I, w- I want to say that like what they're doing is signal- signaled very much at the like literally the opening scene of the game because it is Harry and Norman Osborn, uh, and. Harry is suffering from whatever uh, I forget what the condition is, but it was the thing that killed their his mother. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they, they ever say, say explicitly. 
It's some kind of genetic condition, but they don't yeah. really say what it is. But and he's, he's like going through radical tank. experimental yeah. tri- treatment, which they show again very very much at the beginning is the symbiote suit. They yeah, have a hold of that, and that is what they are using to treat him. You, you see creepy symbiote shit come out of him in like the first 90 seconds of the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I went back and read up on Refresh My Memory on the old games. I guess that stuff's teased and even like shown post-credits in the first game. Mm-hmm. Like you see him in the tube with the weird black ooze a little okay, bit, I, I think, didn't at the end of the first either. game. I mean, it's, that's been a while. It was five yeah. years ago. But so, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so the thing they seem to be angling at, because there is no indication that Eddie Brock is anywhere in this video game uh, or is a, a a going concern for whatever this timeline, the storyline is doing. Again, so, we are we are not completed with the game. So, no, I mean, it's possible yeah. they'll just introduce yeah. that character somewhere <laughs> along the way, but what they seem to be angling more toward is the idea that if there is a venom in this universe, it is Harry, it is, it, it is Harry Osborn. Could you help me real quick... And also, I don't know how much the movies changed this as well, but so Norman Osborn is Green Goblin, right? Yes. Harry Osborn also was a... He becomes Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay. Who are somehow different characters, but are part of the same family line, yes. Um, So... Uh, uh, I'll say this too. The they have a previously on at the beginning. I don't think yeah. it does a great job of recapping the last two games. Really, it just. I'm glad I remembered most of it yeah. because yeah. I, it is not the best recap. It's, no. it's 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 just the broadest strokes of the like first the two games. Broadest, like Miles mm. had Miles' dad died. Uh, yeah, in, in, like that's they, kind of it. <laughs> like they cover Miles' dad dying and getting and him getting bit by the spider, and then Peter kind of taking taking him under his wing, and then. I think they mentioned like Uncle Aaron a little bit, but they don't get into much of the detail of of either of the games. Like mm-hmm. like when you like Yuri showed up, for example, in this for the first time, I was like, wait, who? Because the, right. you know, the dialogue leaps straight into details that if you don't remember them are just very confusing. And I was and like, like a- wait, what role did she play before? And they're like sim- similar with some Miles, Miles characters. And like, uh, yeah, like, uh, um, you know, the villain Lee plays a pretty big role yeah. in, in some of the early and story stuff. Martin here. Lee, yeah, who plays yeah, Mr. Lee. Negative or and is Mr. Like, Negative. You, you get some in-game contextual stuff about what happened there and like they kind of flesh it out a bit, but not in that previously on part really uh, yeah. much at all, or at least that I remembered them doing. And it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, the whole corporation and, you know, Miles's friend is not really touched on. It's just like. So it's a, it felt a little light. I actually went back and watched it again because I think that same part <laughs> you were talking about with Yuri. I was like, oh, did I miss that in the previously on? Yeah. Um, I, I just I, like, I, no. I ended up just going and reading synopses of both games after that because I was it, just felt like I was missing stuff. It might be worth happen. It. And the thing is, Insomniac is doing the thing like the the Telltale Batman game did, which is to say they are telling a story with characters, you know. But it is not just hitting the beats of the story that everyone knows about these characters. Mm. They are kind of playing around with their own vision of the universe. And I want to say there might have been a Marvel thing somewhere in the many timelines of Marvel where Harry Osborn was Venom. But I don't know about that. Like, I, I, I'm not familiar enough with it wherever that storyline may have come from. You know, my Venom growing up was Eddie Brock, and that was just very obviously the Venom that shows up, and that is the symbiote suit, and then Carnage comes along, and there's that whole thing. But what they seem to be angling at, at the very least, is that there is, if there is a Venom in this game, it is not going to be Eddie Brock. And also, a lot of the stuff that you know about the existing villains, or, you know, people that are sort of like the the mainstays of the Spider-Man universe, 
a lot of them are kind of just on the sidelines in this story until Craven shows up, and their only real purpose here is to be things that Craven are after. There, there's a lot of um, <laughs> which I kind of like in this story. There's a lot of villains just trying to get on with their lives, <laughs> like like they a lot really of- <laughs> hammer the idea that most of these dudes have moved on. The ones that aren't <laughs> still in fucking fake Arkham prison. Yeah, and then the, right. the, the interesting thing is the whether they, whether they've moved on or not, they're all victims here. Like the super some villains, degree, yeah. the super villains are becoming victims of Craven. So yeah, it's an interesting kind of inversion of the dynamic there. I mean, let's be clear. They opened this game with Sandman 9-11. Like, yes, Sandman is, has lost his shit, but it's not because he wants to go out and do evil. It's because he is freaking the fuck out because he's being stalked by Craven's people. And, like, so he does a full-on psychotic break that causes him to turn into Sandman Kaiju. And he, um, he also... Uh or I should say, there is a lot of citywide destruction in this game. Yes. In I mean, a way again, that- the, the game opens with all of that, and then for the like next couple of missions, you're just walking around in what is basically not ash-strewn, but sand-strewn yeah. New York, while first responders are running around trying to fix the city. Yeah, they are not shy about destroying other landmarks or public works or whatever. No. no. Uh, Everything gets destroyed. In uh, different yeah. missions? Yeah. And, you know, it's... um. It's like cinematically kind of intense. Like they do a pretty good job with the cinematics and the and the destruction for the most part. It look it's a very good looking game. Um, yes, I think the characters look pretty good. I think all those spider suits look good, and uh, you know that's what you want, right? Because it's third person swinging around. It is. Game. I um, it's there's a weird thing, and I don't know if it's just me or not. I find most of the character models and the faces to be really good. There's something about Peter's. Yeah, where like it's not that like they haven't done the work on the character model or anything, but his face just never really emotes at all, and I yeah. don't know what that is. I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I don't think that's limited to him. I think, I think a lot of characters look just and, a little bit stilted. I mean, it, MJ seems to have it a little bit too. Yeah, but like Harry but, has actual facial expressions. Yes. Yeah, Miles has actual facial true. expressions. Something about Peter, it's just he feels a little bit frozen. Um. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just like spoiled by all the facial performance capture that's in use these days. That I don't yeah. know that I don't know that that was employed here as much. Uh, but it, it does look a little bit robotic and it's in a spots, little stiff, for sure. Um, I think like broadly, this game looks incredible. Or actually, yeah. really, it's the swinging around the city that looks fucking mind blowing. Especially the in movement on, stuff. The in moment, moment to moment, like just moving around looks amazing. Like the up close, like in interiors or like up close combat or whatever, looks very good. It looks like next generation Spider Man, but, mm-hmm. but the specifically the like high up in the sky flying and swinging yeah. around the city stuff, especially depending on the time of day. And they do the cool thing. I love a day a, a, a dynamic day night cycle, but I love the thing they do here, which is keying time of day and weather stuff to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the, that stuff only changes as you move story milestones along, and that kind of helps. That helps them like author the mood of the city and the surroundings along with what's happening in the story, which I think is great. It does also get a little awkward in places, though. Like if you go and do a side mission that yeah. takes place during a particular time of day, and it's a different time of day, it will just shove it back to whatever time of day that mission is in, yes. and then when you're back in the world, it's back to where it was before. It's a little goofy, but I still don't yeah. mind it for the for the really impressive mood that they're able to strike in different spots yeah. is one of those i think you both divini definitely i think alex you've also gotten to this is one of those like times of day like wildfire smoke 
Oh, I Do you know what I'm talking didn't about? catch that. There's one... I don't know if it is or not, but there's definitely like a real like orange hue yes, over there's... the sky in certain time at a certain time of day. There, yeah. there is one you hit that is like this really uh, like thick, oppressive orange yellowish color uh, that is I feel coming like it's from, more of a style choice than coming from else. one direction of the sky in particular. Huh. And the sun, it's like it's like ten or eleven in the in the morning, so it's not like a a dawn. Yeah, it's just the golden hour jersey. Kind of thing. It's, yeah, yeah it very right. much red to me. Like they're kind of playing on current events a little bit. I could be I wrong, know. but that's what it looked like to me. You, um, you know, the, uh, just speaking of New York as the as a character here for a second, they they maybe go a little too hard into like I'm walking here, New York. This city's awesome. New York is great. The bit like where a, you're going around and you're like photographing the heart like, of New York, yeah. like the the weird bits of like ah look it's some guys playing basketball hey there's hey, a souvlaki it's, shop hey it's, it's a guy it's a guy selling hot dogs at a yeah. coney island hot dog stand there's that's a secret so bar york. in this water tank for some reason <laughs> that, that that's was, so new york i laughed out loud at that one yeah that one's <laughs> really like a, silly there's like a little three-person rave going on inside of a rooftop water tank it's like, like that, okay it's a little corny this is the kind of New York you render when you have never been to New York. This is your dream version of it. And that's fine. Look, here's yeah. the thing. They are not trying for a realistic New York. They're trying for a realistic comic book New York. Yeah, and totally. I think that they mostly hit that like right on the head. They're absolutely nailing that tone for sure. And it's fun. Um, yeah. I just found it like a little like, all right, get over yourself come on a now. little bit. Come, yeah, right. Yeah. Let's, let's, just, let's get back to where we destroy New York. Let's go back to where let's definitely invent envision a version of New York where people are just like, you know, playing fucking soccer, like right outside of like the museum and people are just celebrating everything all the time in the city. And it's definitely not just a bunch of people walking around and get the fuck out of my way (laughs) or like my rent went up. Yep. Uh, Yeah. This is not Eric Adams, New York. Let me tell you right now. (laughs) The city. I mean, you do do a lot of these side missions do have hints of like. Are you just tracking everyone's cell phone miles? Is that what? (laughs) There's a moment early on where Peter, I I think it's Genki who is having you deploy these drones. I think think Peter's scolding Genki, not Miles. We don't spy on people. We we, we don't collect data on people. We we can't spy. Don't worry. It's anonymous data. He he says, don't worry. It's opt-in. It's opt-in. That's right. Oh, because it's right. The the emergency system has gone down. The spider spider app has gone down, right? It's opt-in. Yeah, it's... um, you know, they do. There are so many missions that you need a lot of a kind of contrivances to have these missions mm-hmm. oh, yeah. happen. Of oh. like, just like so many. Like, mm, okay, the, sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's like twenty minutes into the game. It's like literally the first side mission that they introduce. Where this one almost broke me until I was like, man, it's a fucking comic book. Who cares? Let's just go ganky over the radio to Peter. <laughs> it's like. It's like, hey, you still have that 3D printer in your web shooters, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I'm going to send you yeah. a design, and like, he yeah. literally prints a functional drone out of his yeah. wrists in about five seconds. So I was like, yeah. man, it's got this some good is tech. so dumb. This is not specific to this game or these games. It is a larger thing with the way they have developed Spider-Man's character over the last like decade and change. He's always been Marvel's Batman. Like yeah. I understand that there has always been that analog between the two of them, but they have really blurred the lines to such a degree now that where it's like the sheer amount of gadgetry and technology that he has at his disposal compared with like the Spider-Man I was reading when I was a kid, it really just feels like they are indistinguishable from one another, except that one is unemployed and one is a billionaire. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, I guess he's always had like weird, weirdly named, like kind of, 
Batman style, like spider bike or spider this or spider that. But like, well, and yes. his cadre of villains, like none of yeah. them ape the fucking the the cadre that Batman deals with. Like literally, Black Hat and Catwoman. Like, come on now, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, but yeah, they they have a bunch of toys, which lead to like a number of different gameplay mechanics. Like you're mm-hmm. sometimes doing just, I think like you said, Alex, sometimes you're just find yourself in the middle of a rhythm game or, a, yes. a, or, you know, like a, there's a lot of button. I turned off the button mashing and just like, just give me the hold the button thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's, there's too much button mashing at some point in the game. That, um, that rhythm game was a fun way for me to realize my TV had gotten changed back to like the theater mode, not the game mode. <laughs> I was like, oh, I keep missing these. And I was like, Oh, oh wow, bummer. this feels way more responsive now. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you I know, was going to say, it's a pretty forgiving rhythm game, generally. It got a little difficult at the end. I a thought little that bit first time, end. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, going back to the combat for a minute, um, you just have so many options at your disposal now. I feel like I've kind of just leaned into staying in the air constantly, because I do feel like the game doesn't break the combat, but you can get away with a lot more if you're pulling the enemies up into the air with you. Like yeah. Even the yes. brutes or guys with shields, if you get them, or bosses, if you get them off the ground and pull them in the air, you get free hits on them, whereas they're blocking everything on the ground. So, like, staying yeah. in the air, and you can spec to stay in the air longer with dodges and combos and this and that. The, my biggest problem with the combat so far, while I really enjoy it, is there's I can't remember what I've unlocked, like the button combinations, because there's just too much. It's yeah, just, I've, I've been the same way where it's like I'm, I'm getting there now finally, but like definitely gadgets and abilities. I would kind of just like hit R1 and square and not remember what it was going to do. But I was yeah. like, well, I need to use something right now. I'm just going to press the button combos and see what comes totally. out. Use whatever that, I got. Yeah, that timer's ready. I'm just going to hit it. Yeah. Um, my and and, and, and the, like a bunch of a bunch of skill unlocks are around like charging those things up faster, mm-hmm. giving you free uses of them when you right. like finish a combo and stuff like that. Like you can kind of be using abilities and gadgets like almost nonstop in this. If you, if you buy those skills and manage stuff correctly, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of am like, you know, there are a lot of abilities that on the gadget side, I should say some of the abilities, but on the gadget side, a lot of abilities that'll, um, are crowd control abilities and they'll, They'll put people either on the ground temporarily or against the wall temporarily where you can then use your webs to secure them to the ground. And again, that works on the bigger enemies too. If you shoot enough webs onto somebody who's on the ground, they'll just stay down and out of the fight. Yeah. Or, um, or which is really fun. And again, this is why I think I love the combat. It's a lot of rooftop stuff. And if you could just use a thing that pushes people off the roof. You're, you're, they're, they're dead. Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That person died. No, they're webbed to the side of they're the building. They're webbed to the side of the building. Yeah. We don't kill um, people. There uh, is a, uh, they, they do a lot with the combat, uh, the kinetic combat, but they also have added a few things for the kind of passive stealth combat, the, the more kind of let's avoid combat. And it's maybe one of my few complaints about the gameplay, which is if you break stealth, even if you have one person left, they immediately call in reinforcements and you have always have to do another truckload of guys. So like if you did the whole area stealth and you're like, Oh, my last guy here. And you goof up or something happens, a whole van comes in. And you have to fight mm-hmm. your way through a whole new van. It's like, come on, man! I just, yeah. I just spent five minutes webbing everybody up to a wall, and now I have to fight my way through this. The um, the hunter base I did this morning 
had a, an optional sub objective to like turn off their communication system. And then yeah. Genki straight up says on the radio, like that they won't be able to call in reinforcements now, which is cool. I think the, those are at the, that's the base, not the blind, right? That's yeah. The bigger base. You, you do yeah. like, you do some hunter blinds and that reveals the hunter base, uh, yeah. which I think those are similar to there were bases in miles Morales that were similar for that yes. faction. Was that rocks on? I think, um, was that, what was like the, the, the mob I thought or something. I can't oh, remember. Maybe Roxxon was. was the big company. Ro- right? Roxxon was the energy corporation. Maybe that was yes. the mob. Um, the big thing in stealth now is you can lay your own lines. You can shoot it's wild, man. You can shoot your own web lines over people kind of as many as you want. Right. I don't think there's any limit I, on how many you can do. I have not hit a limit. They kind of just limit you to, if you have a flat surface basically yeah. to stick it to. And it, I enjoy it a lot. It's really fun to make your own pathways over people to do stuff but it really kind of trivializes the stealth i think like it makes um, it, it makes it very easy to just pick everybody off when you can create a walkway right over their head and then just go zip yeah. them uh, i don't know if you've gotten it but i highly recommend the uh going down the tech tree until you get the uh perch kill or perch oh, the double to end yes. the double because that even does it more where you don't have to separate teams anymore yep. um it does it has the same thing where you can kind of um batman or spider-man whichever one you want to use just uh pull a person up off the ground and then or you could do the web strike thing miles has the camouflage which will you can kind of camo out and disappear quickly if you need to i thought peter was going to be the only one who had the traversal line because i was like oh maybe he gets this instead of the camo no i'm not sure why peter is any better initially story stuff happens where you get more abilities and different things. But initially I'm like, I'm, I'm just always going to use miles cause he could just go invisible and, and get out of, uh, and the enemies lose track of you after a while and kind of reset, but it's a lot. I just find some of that a little tedious now that I'm further along in the game and I'm pretty powerful. I can clear out an area much faster than I can just, stealthing around trying to separate people like doing yeah, a distraction the, I, I still stealth through just because i'd want to cleanly take care of it and not have to yeah. deal with combat because it's like kind of challenging i was going to mention like i think the game is surprisingly challenging on the default difficulty but like you can get overwhelmed, but there are the fights that you will sometimes be like oh fuck i did not approach this correctly <laughs> it's just overwhelming there are some fights they just like oh my god i'm yeah. fighting 20 different enemies right now mm-hmm. this is kind of a lot and there are robots that disable my abilities yes. and they're like a turret shooting rockets at me um the, the cell stuff i was gonna say like the perch takedown animation is just long enough that it <laughs> kind of gets old after you've done 20 of them in a row <laughs> right yeah um, i you know, I hit the point now, the upgrades are very meaningful. I hit the point now where I've upgraded a lot of my gadgets to have really powerful secondary abilities. I've got three focus bars now, which means I can re- I refill my health or, or do those takedowns three times, which are super fast for like taking down those, those robotic dogs that can, um, you know, um, disable your abilities. Mm-hmm. It, um, there's the, I think the combat gets hard for me when there are many ranged characters on and they're just constantly breaking you out of a combo because you have to dodge, but you get abilities that continue your combo. Even if you dodge midair. So like there are fights where I am just in the air bouncing Mm -hmm. off of people, uh, the entire fight. It's kind of feels like the traversal when it's, when it's happening and you're like, this is amazing. I'm so good at this game, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it doesn't work out. I'm like, I'm terrible at this game. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like the traversal when I'm like, 
I'm flying through the city and then I just smack into a wall yeah. or or I'm trying to chase down one of those cars or something. I'm like, I'm terrible at this. I don't know how to move through a city. I think the wingsuit is the one that tends to throw me off the most. Like there's something about balancing the momentum on that thing where it's like I if you don't get a good lift initially and get on a good path of where you want to go, it's real easy to just slam face first into whatever is right in front of you. I've I've been mainlining the traversal upgrades. Mm-hmm. And that makes it way better. Like the wingsuit okay. gets much better after you get the. I think there, there's better a steering one, and a, yeah. there's at least one or two speed ones as well. Okay. Um, and I, you get and you get those abilities that'll like you can just straight up do a huge ger- vertical leap in the middle of nothing mm-hmm. on a cooldown, which also just gets you a ton of altitude if you just want to glide more. I uh, um, I will say I probably now this many hours in maybe three out of five times hit the right button to stop the wingsuit. Uh, you okay. know, like, um, it took me a while. Just turn, turn the wingsuit so, off. There's like a real, like hit the brakes thing. And yeah. I'm like, I never forget what this is. Is it circle? Is it back and X? Is it whatever it is without just crashing into the floor? I, 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 you know, I have to give him credit for as, as like seemingly overstuffed as this game is with upgrades and skills and extra stuff to unlock. Like just about everything feels useful in one context or another. Like, I, I yeah. don't feel like there's much in here that I have not used at, at times. I wish I just remembered to use it more. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like the traversal upgrades, I did the same thing with going down every path that had traversal stuff. And then I remember being like, oh, right. I unlocked it because I hit a button combination. And I was like, oh, this slingshot move. I totally forgot I unlocked this like seven hours ago and I never use it. Or um, uh, the one where you can spin around in a big circle on yeah, your web the, to get that extra boost. Like and it's like, ah, I never used swing. this. Yeah. Which took me a while because I couldn't remember what to click in. They have to click in the left stick to dive. And I was like, wait, do you just push down or no? They want you to, there's just so many contextual button things to do that it it is hard to remember. But I am glad when they're there and uh, and I'm in a fight and I'm like, right, yes, I bought that thing that lets me bounce off a guy. I or, should try using that. Yeah, yeah or like, or like, like I was going to say, you mentioned with the combat, there's a lot of armed ranged enemies. Like they give you more skills for disarming enemies now. Yeah, at least I think I think these are mostly new. Like you can you can straight up just pull a gun out of somebody's hands now and throw it back at them from anywhere. That's just they, a simple you, skill. You um, could do that in at least miles, okay. where you could spin it around with the web. I think. Yeah, the, the weapon. This one, um, I feel like you had to put them in some kind of state first. There, maybe, maybe, maybe not. This one, this one is just a freebie you can do over and over. <laughs> Like you can you can you can make it so any enemy you parry drops their weapon and stuff like that. Have you been doing the parry stuff much aside yeah. from where you have to do it? Yeah, uh, the only one okay. I have to do it. Started okay. started to do it more. Um, that was another thing. Putting it on game mode, I was like, oh man, it's so much easier to parry people now. Mm. Um, I think you do extra damage. Like it, it I just okay. pretty much. I've gotten to the point where when I see the red indicator coming in now, instead of hitting the dodge button, I just hit the parry button instead. But do you do parries on stuff that you don't have to parry? Because I, I do it on the red stuff, but like I never do it on regular enemies. I don't or, do it otherwise. Yeah, you have to do it on like heavies and the, the double blade enemies and stuff yeah. to put them in a, a vulnerable state. But I've, I started doing it to regular enemies too. Okay. I should maybe mess around because I didn't do that side of the. That's a whole side of the tree for parrying. And I'm like, I just never parry. Um mm-hmm. Unless I have to, unless it's a boss fight or the ba- or, or those guys with the swords. Again, you can jump up in the air and pull them up in the air and they're yeah. vulnerable. Uh, so that got me away from parrying as well. Uh, being on the ground, you can get overwhelmed extremely quickly. This game feels like it wants you to be mobile, bebopping around enemies mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, no, standing still is like the worst thing you can do in this game. Yeah, they'll they'll just you'll just have like six rockets coming at you, like enemies just running at you. It's it's a lot, um, but it's 
it's a lot of fun. It moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, once I kind of felt like I had gotten saturation point, on a lot of my side stuff. Now I'm mainlining the story a little more. That was fun. And now I'm going back to doing cleaning up some of the side stuff again. You get meaningful stuff from the side things, either narratively worth it, or, um, sometimes you'll get a piece of gear like, uh, mm-hmm. Um, like I finished up the prowler stuff and I was like, Oh, all right. That's like, that's like a meaningful upgrade you get from that. That's not just, uh, uncle Aaron's story uh, yeah. about stuff. I think they, so, they do. They do a very good job though, of pretty much every side thing. Not, not just the mechanical rewards, but feeling like each one tells a tiny little story. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's just uncle Aaron, like you're going around finding his old prowler, prowler tech stashes around the city and like. I don't know what happens at the end of that line, but after you finish each one, it's just like three lines of dialogue over the radio. But even then, you still get like character beats, character yeah. character development uh, as you're doing those. Did you guys do the um? Should do the mission with Howard, the guy with the pigeons? No, Not yet. No, from the first game. That one's wait. That, that one's. Pretty I don't good. think so. Is it a? Is it like an F? Was the app called F? Yes, the the friendly neighborhoods, the FNSM. Okay, I have not done a bunch of those. Yeah, that one's an FNSM request. That one was like very poignant, I will say. There's but there's been okay. there's been two or three things in side missions. There's also the one where like there's a lady's grandpa that wandered away. Uh, that one I did do. Find him on a bench and just talk to him for a while. Like uh, that one and that Howard mission were both just like, man, that it's like very good touching writing for such a short, like what could have been a throwaway side mm-hmm. mission. I feel like Miles missions. Um, Switch to Miles. Miles going around helping people. And also, actually, the, the the other thing I'm starting to think of each each character has like almost like a little mini campaign unique to them that are their kind of main side missions. There's yeah, like, cool there's like stuff. the app requests, science experiments, prowler stashes, like the really basic repeatable stuff. But then it seems like each character also has like a like an actual like second tier side mission line. In Peter's case, he's like trying to track down a cult. Like a, yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cult, what's up with the barbecue cult? A, a cult that's terrorizing the city, which has nothing to do with the main storyline. It's just a little side thing, and that's where Yuri shows up from the yeah. first game. And then Miles, I think Miles ones are all around his prep school. Is that right? Or his? I, I feel like there's a rep, bunch that are around the school. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I, I wrapped those up pretty quickly. Oh, though. really? So I haven't done yeah. all those. I didn't. I didn't know if those feed into another longer he, story side story for him. He, He's got another thing about a museum. I don't know if you've gotten to no, it. I haven't. The I haven't museum robbery. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Um, that feels a little bit more like the cult, maybe not as deadly as, as the, the fire cult. Um, but it's, it's yeah. cool. It's just cool to see like they actually put thought and wrote story around these side quest lines and not just like throw away, like I oh, go help somebody get a cat right. out of a tree. Yeah. I mean, they don't all hit, but I feel yeah. like the ones that do very much do. I just ignore the crime alerts now. They're like red tri- triangles. Like yeah, it's th- like, those are mostly just for XP and tech parts. And if you want to yeah. like try to max out a, a district or whatever. Um, having done this, a lot of side stuff, I feel like um, you scoop. I'm, I think I'm level. I'm a level forty Spider Man now. Like in terms of my actual Spider Man level, mm-hmm. and I just feel like. I don't know exactly where I am in the story. I think progress-wise, overall progress, I'm in the late 40s to 50% mark progress-wise, but you get stuff. You just get so many different currencies and XP and, um, you know, every, I don't know, if, if I'm really cruising through it, I feel like every 10 minutes I'm leveling up at, yeah. at least, you know, it's Easily. like very fast. You know, like you, you do hit points where you don't have enough of a currency to get the thing you want, but it's, it's pretty fleeting. Like you, you're never going to hurt for like new stuff yeah. to unlock. No. 
again, especially if you're just swinging around the city and just doing stuff as it comes to you, like you yeah. will get enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, and again, they do a pretty good job of being like, cause they have so many currencies being like, Oh, you want this? Here's what you should do. Do a, do a hunter thing or whatever. Like go do, get some hero tokens. I'm curious. Um, and we'll see where I, I'm going to probably try and go for the platinum in this again. Currency wise, what you net out, uh, total versus, uh, like, cause some of them seem like a fixed currency. Like you're going to end storylines. Like the hero tokens seem like they might be fixed storyline yeah. tokens where you, you don't get unlimited. So I wonder if they have a couple of extra ones in there where you don't have to do everything or if you have to do everything to get every costume, every bit of hero. I haven't really found a um, – the currencies seem to bleed over into a lot of different areas. Like you can use certain currencies in multiple tech yeah, trees. Yeah, that's, that's actually and, – and within the same tech tree from thing to thing that you unlock, yeah. it'll be a different currency each time, which can get a little confusing. It's like, yeah. oh, the first two of these use tech parts, but now I need hero tokens for the third one. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, in like Remnant Two, where you're like, oh, I'm suddenly up to galvanized <laughs> metal. Like, oh crap, I need to use my good currency now. Um, but yeah, I I've really enjoyed it so far. Like, yeah. it's it's got a pace to it that, um, uh, you know, having played through the other ones, I can't remember if I finished Miles or I watched my son finish Miles. I should really go double check. But like, I was kind of in the same boat. I think you mentioned Brad of um, all right, yeah, like I'm excited for this, but I don't know if I'm ready for a full on big old collect-a-thon campaign and it turns out what they did with this game it's just fun and breezy to again some of the combat is difficult i hit a boss encounter that i had to do three times because i was Mm -hmm. like man this is this is hard uh but just they made it so effortless to get around that city and, and engage with these things that i'm i'm actually really enjoying it they, yeah, I mean, it's tedious. Yeah. That's, that's what it is, is I think the first game had that checklist problem of, like, everything feeling a little too, like, I'm just ticking boxes while, you know, in between story bits. Second one, Miles Morales did not have as much of that problem just by the, the, the scaling down of everything. Yeah, I think what they, managed to, what they managed to do here is it's not that all these side objectives are that much more exciting or that much more interesting. I think they just learned how to pace them better and pace them within the world and natural progression that you are doing as you are just running around and doing stuff in the, in the world naturally. Yeah. I think that is where they've, they've managed to just sort of like they're guiding the player very, very lightly. You can go anywhere and do anything you want, but they're giving you like really nice, easy paths to just like cut a swat through here, do this over here, then move on to this story thing. Like, it just feels better balanced. It, it 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 feels it feels very thoughtful the way things are laid out in this game, both in terms of physical placement around the map of things you're going to run into as you go from A to B, and also in terms of what unlocks when as you progress through the story and that kind of thing. Like it's just there's there's a there's a pretty elegant feel to things rolling out in this. I think in terms of side activities and upgrades and stuff. Yeah, and and I feel like I've completed a couple of the side mission quests and. I finished, the, there's an early one, like you mentioned, Alex, with the Sandman. I finished that one. And none of them feel like they drag too long. I feel no. like that was, A, the event you do is generally fairly quick. None of them are get too, too long in the weeds. And then there, how many you have to do, there just aren't that many. I thought I was prepared to be like, all right, this is going to be like a whole game thing. And I finished it. And I'm like, not even halfway through the story. And I was like, oh, and that's it? There's only like 12 of these or whatever it was to go get? Um, and I was like, that's awesome. That's great. That one's done. And maybe it's fooling my brain because there are now, you know, 10 times as many smaller sets of these things. But I think I like that better than one big set of them. Absolutely. Uh, 
Uh, uh, I, it I, feels side accomplishable. Act, side activities range from like 90 seconds to five minutes, I would say. Like they're very quick to just pop off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the um, photo ones, super fast. Yeah, they, yeah. You, they kind of don't make you hunt around for stuff a lot. A lot of times you can just click in the left stick and it's just like, just go over here. Just, yeah. you know, or like, uh, or hold the left trigger and some scanning visor comes over and you're like, just, just go this way. Like you really don't even the, they have this thing where you have to find these spider bots around the city and it's like, dude, the, the animation for the spider bots is so like, like, you the can't size miss of a it. City block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all you have to do is get close to it and hit triangle. Like that's it. Yeah, and and like once you're close enough to it, it even shows the little white dot where it is, and it's like it it makes a skittering sound. I just feel like they got rid of the like spend all this time hunting and pecking for the right thing, or like where are the backpacks and all, all of those things. It's, it's, it, it's absolutely a map game, but it's like such a breezy, elegant one of those. Like yeah, I, it turned out I when I thought I was just burned out on those kinds of things. It's like oh, they made this one enjoyable enough and also approachable enough in terms of the length. I mean, part of that is informed by me knowing how long it is because they mm-hmm. got out there and said, but like knowing I could get the platinum in this game in like 30, 35 hours or something is like very appealing <laughs> when we've had like two, three years of just like 80 to hundred hour games end to end to end like forever. Yeah. I think the only thing for me that, you know, obviously jury's still out on because I haven't finished it is just the story. Yeah. Like, I think right now, I think there's enough interesting hooks going on that I'm like, I, I'm very curious to see where they go with it. You know, I can't say that any of it has necessarily wowed me, but I think the characterizations are strong enough that, like, I'm willing to follow them where they're going. I don't think Craven is that interesting of a villain so far in the game, but, like, the game also doesn't feel like it's fully shown its hand as far as, like, what he's doing and what he's about, so I'm... I'm being patient with it, but right now he's just a gruff guy who gets mad when the person he wants to kill isn't strong enough. That's it. That is his whole deal. Yeah, like, I, I, there's, I've gotten a little more on go, him. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I've gotten a little more on him, and they. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'll be curious to see where you fall on okay. him. I'm not. It, it, it. They add depth to him, but I don't know if it's the depth you want. I mean, I don't know what I want from Craven the Hunter, yeah. who has never been one of my favorite villains, but is one that the current Marvel universe apparently is weirdly invested in because he's in this game they're making a movie mm. about his character that fucking aaron taylor johnson is starring in like i don't know i don't know why craven all of a sudden craven mania is here but apparently it is here <laughs> I'd, I'd literally never heard of craven the hunter before the marketing for this game started like that's how b or c tier that hero must be he's a villain and i mean that's the thing is i i, I knew him and i've read comics that he was in but I can't say that he's a character that ever made that strong an impression on me. Uh, they do make him suitably imposing in this. Like the one yeah, thing he has a fucking army. Um, I I think I think his function in the story is mostly just as some, something to hang the hat of the actual character stories on. Like you need yeah. a villain running around messing things up in the city. But like if you ask me, I won't get too much into it. But like mm-hmm. Miles and Peter each have stories that are more personal to them going on. Yes, and I feel like Craven is just the villain who slots into the like it could be any number of other villains that they could have written in to act in that role as he's the, literally just the guy that puts the boots on the ground that you have to fight. That's right. that's that's what it feels like so far. And I know Vinny said there there may be more that happens with him. I don't know how much it ties into the Miles and Peter. To be clear, each have kind of their own thing going on. Yes, that is more personal. I don't. I don't know if Craven maybe does end up tying into that stuff more, but I, I mean, it, you're. I think Brad, you're a little further along. I think you're about to hit this tipping point where the actual story is going to uh, yeah. pick up. Like, like you're, a, you're right about there. Yeah, like um, I've got like the symbiote stuff is very much a factor in the story where I'm at at this point, but not right. like not full on suit yet. 
So you're about to just tip over into okay. like okay. what seemed again, I'm not done, but it feels like up until that point there wasn't a a very big driving force to get everything done and I feel like now there's like okay, we have to do this thing. The stakes are higher now, right? Mm-hmm. Like and and that's and that's what happened in the story I now. figured like, it would start ramping in that direction eventually. It's just it's taking its sweet time to get there. It, oh yeah. It feels like they give Miles a lot more to do in the first, I don't know, six hours or something and then but then once the symbiote stuff and and maybe it's just because i'm coming off a string of peer missions that it feels like it feels like miles has not been emphasized as much since the symbiote stuff started happening but like that actually kind of gets into maybe like the one challenge of the storytelling in this which is like it is hard to juggle two characters right and Mm -hmm. when you you have the player spend three or four hours with one character it's kind of easy to forget what was going on with the other one because they are they are two sort of intertwined but parallel stories that are happening yeah. with them they're not 100 percent involved in each other's um stuff business yeah but you, you can kind of imagine where that stuff might go yeah like for it, sure i'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah. they I, I i'm sure they tie it together toward the end but um yeah i i uh i also think craven is an interesting character because he allows you to do this kind of greatest hits of spider-man because there's he's, he's looking for all these other super villains that they get to kind of um have a good reason to bring back into the story sure right? like, yeah you know, or at least our reason to of like oh craven went looking for tombstone or, or mm-hmm. whatever and it's like oh okay like let's go let's go check in the, um the, the stuff that i won't say but the stuff that happens with the scorpion like there's definitely a there's a little bit of a question for me of like what are craven's actual power does he have powers because originally he just seems like a big buff dude who loves to hunt like that's kind of all they say and but now i'm wondering like does he have actual superpowers are they going to explain or touch on that like i haven't I haven't gone and looked. I haven't looked up what the character is in the kind of lore. My recollection is that he mostly just has superhuman tracking abilities more than anything else. Okay, because they they do sort of make you wonder if like is is there some actual mystical or they they touch on it again in this game. Okay, like what's what's going on with Craven a bit and like um uh you know I I think they touch on even where you are like they have tech and money and arcane arts and like they they they're pillaging what seems like the ancient history of hunting and like magical things you know like there's there's a conceit in this game that they that the hunters have optical camouflage yeah and it's like they're taking over entire city blocks with it practically at some point and it's just another one of those suspension of disbelief things of like eh, i guess i guess nobody in city government noticed that this entire <laughs> block is actually now occupied by these evil people setting yeah. up a military installation it's cloaking devices yeah. and like you know uh, yes there, there is an occupying force in, in in new york city that somehow has gone like they they have a military force that is ridiculous that just kind of goes unnoticed in spider-man the spider men seem mm-hmm. to be the only ones yeah. uh, really you know, J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. worried about the Spider-Man. Still grousing about everything. I, I, still an asshole. And as much as much as they have added to this, and I think it, it is still really fun to play in pretty much every aspect and looks amazing and everything, it's it's really the writing, I think, that is like making me super excited to get back to it. Like, I just... Four comic book games, I don't know if that's a qualifier that needs to be <laughs> added here, but I think for this style of game, the writing is pretty uncommonly good and has been since the first game. Yeah, I think I I think it's only gotten better with each one and I think my current feeling is that like 
it's a little too aw shucks at times, uh, especially when it's like kind of just trying to portray, look how idyllic yeah. things are now that yes. Harry's back and oh, it's all great. But like, I think when they do decide to sink their teeth in, they're doing a better job than a lot of other games of this size. Yeah, like, you know, like Peter maybe has one too many, like, you know, that was epic style. Like, uh, we just rode this roller coaster type stuff. I think like Miles mm-hmm. is a more like naturally likable character. It where, does where really Peter- feel like a lot of the dialogue writing kind of got stuck in about a 10 years ago style of like uh you know youthful writing yeah like the peter stuff can be a little too cornball but like the stuff between him and harry has been really interesting so far as that as that develops i i don't know i i think that i think that the miles stuff is written well which makes you think that maybe peter's just a doofus well (laughs) peter has always been some flavor of doofus that is that is accurate yeah fair so like it's i don't think i i think it's I think it might be intentional because the Miles stuff seems like he is kind of aware and a little more hip. Uh, where oh, yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter, you know, raise the controller to raise your hands. Which I mean, is a, <laughs> put your hands up. There's there's uh, one scene which I will not describe in detail, but there is a sequence pretty early on where you are just like, Peter, have you never seen the Hank Scorpio episode of, of The Simpsons? Do you not know how this goes? I don't know if I have. You'll have to explain to me. You know the Hank Scorpio the episode, the one where Homer goes to work for the supervillain? Nope. I you don't look, know look, that one? The one where he goes, I, they they move him and he's working for the, the, the supervillain that is, that is voiced by fucking Albert Brooks? I don't think so. Okay. First of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? Brad, you know what I'm talking about. I, I haven't seen it since probably it aired, but yeah, I've seen it. Anyway, the, the point is uh-huh. that like they put Peter in a situation where he isn't and suddenly he's gone from unemployed to basically being offered the world in the most ridiculous startup company you have ever seen in your life and at no point does peter stop to think this seems a little too good to be true i wonder Mm. what could be going wrong here he just aw shucks his way through this entire thing yeah i I think the point i was trying to make about him though is that like you can write a character to be corny but likable or you can write them to be corny in a way that just makes you roll your eyes and they sometimes are on both sides of that line they're they're, they're walking that line there is a character, I think, Brad, you might have even gotten this part. There is a point where a character goes, geez, Peter, you really do see the best in everyone, huh? Uh, which yes. is like, whether uh, you should or not. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, I guess, I guess so. It's, you know, I don't know. I personally, I like playing Miles. Peter, Peter's gotten better through the story. I think if you accept that he's kind of a corny dude. Yeah. Um, just and, mechanically, uh, I, I think Miles is also way stronger. He's got the invisibility and I think his, I think totally. his in combat abilities are also more fun i you know it's got tbd well Keep going. okay i yeah. yes there is a whole tree of a there's a whole <laughs> peter skill tree leg i have not seen yet to be fair yeah uh that is spider-man uh, 2 that is uh officially out on friday i believe right that is the uh yes yeah one, uh, one last thing i want to mention before we go real quick mm-hmm. just give me my tech minute here real quick like they they, yeah. they open this game really well in terms of here's a menu of things you might want to tweak this game has completely 1000% sold me on 40 frames per second modes. Like oh. Insomniac is really good at this anyway. Like Ratchet was the same way, but like they, they very clearly explain what everything does when you, when they ask like, Hey, how do you want to play this? Mm-hmm. But, and you need 120 Hertz TV to do this. Like I'm very oh. glad I bought this new TV when I did, but the 40 FPS mode is basically, Hey, you get everything like all the ray tracing, basically all the resolution, all the bells and whistles, but it's smoother. And, mm. It like a good on them for explaining all that stuff and making it easy to pick what you're doing and be like the perception of smoothness in this, but still getting basically the 4k and the everything is just like, I feel like every console game with the budget to do this should be pursuing this at this point. 
Mm, so like, I don't ha- I don't have 120 hertz TV. So is it just like basically? Oh, Are you sure? I yeah. Uh, the mine I think mine's too old. It doesn't oh. it doesn't do it. Um, at least I'm pretty sure it doesn't do it. I've never seen the option to. It, it's just da- it's disabled in my PlayStation menu as okay. well. Um, so that's variable refresh and stuff too, right? Like it would be kind of packed you in there. Don't need VRR for that. They okay. do have a mode where they're like, hey, you can do what would be the 40 mode, but we'll yeah. uncap the frame rate. So it'll actually go higher, but it'll go up and down. So it'll be less consistent. You can do that with, uh, Oh, like unlocked. Kinda. Yeah. But, but again, the, the language is very understandable of just like, Hey, the, the locking it at 40 without the VRR is the, is the most stable, like steady okay. experience. But um, so is it basically that, um, just going from 30 to the 40 is a very it's, perceivable it's a huge, difference. It is a okay. huge perceptual difference in smoothness. Um, and you think going from 40 to 60 less so like diminishing returns? I mean, I, I can tell the difference like when I look okay. at them side by side, but like the bigger thing though, is they say flat out, like you won't get as much ray tracing, like the, the urban yeah. density of like pedestrians and cars will be lower. Like X, Y, That's and cool. Z All will right. be diminished if you do this 60 mode. But if you do this 40 mode, you get everything, but it's smoother. Huh? Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's I'm I'm super duper impressed with the way they have implemented that. Look, if games want to take that route, I might I might be in the market for yeah, a new TV. I mean, you know, it's 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 uh, more TVs will be getting this as we go. Like mine was uh, pretty modestly priced, um, and it just seems like a good compromise because there's so there's so much like gnashing of teeth out there about like right. oh no, nobody's delivering 60 FPS modes anymore. Like what what's what's up with that? You know, and like their consoles, their fixed hardware. <laughs> of course we were going to get to the point where they couldn't do that anymore, but this seems like a fantastic compromise. Okay. I like it. 40, 40 FPS. It's where it's, where Mm -hmm. it's at. It's the future. Um, Spider-Man two Marvel's Spider-Man two. There you go. uh, Again, out, um, as of, I believe, uh, Thursday midnight, probably, but Friday, uh, I think it's $70 entry points. And then you can get the deluxe edition, uh, out there. No PS4 version. No. Um, the, uh, again, I think it's a really fun, fantastic game, and I'm just going to end by saying that fast travel man. You, you got it. You got to see it. Maybe I'm overselling it, but like it's just a cool thing when you're playing to immediately zip around yep. uh, that map. Um, well done. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the news. Uh, stick around. And we are back, and that's it for the Spider-Man 2. But there's other big news that has uh, two giant spiders, two giant... You're really two, struggling with this two, one. Two protagonists, two villains, man, two man, heroes. Man, I was playing Spider-Man 2 last night, and uh-huh. next thing I knew, a giant spider was crawling across my foot. Uh, the fuck was this like this this viral marketing stuff is getting really weird did it bite you it did not bite me oh man you could have been the third spider-man uh i'm of course talking about activision i mean Uh, the thing the thing you beefed i think is that like you know what you should have gone with uh, if you're going to compare it to spider-man 2 is speaking of a story that has a whole bunch of villains that are looking to uh reform themselves and move on to other things okay there you go that's the best i got it's not bad Mm. uh a bunch, Mike, one. Well, one know. villain, one, eh, let's just call him an anti-hero. 
uh, Microsoft has officially completed, uh, officially completed. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they've for all intents and purposes, it's done. Uh, officially completed their it's, Activision. It, it has closed. Yes, the deal has closed. Uh, Activision Blizzard purchase merger, whatever you want to call it, assimilation. Um, which means that's it. Uh, we've talked about it forever. No more they, video games. We're done. That's the <laughs> end. It sounds oh like God. their big concession was with the thing we had talked about previously on some episode where. Uh, in the um, in the EU, is it or is it just in uh, certain countries? They will be giving l- rights to streaming to Ubisoft. To uh, just that was just the UK. UK, okay. So for Blizzard stuff, uh, Activision Blizzard stuff will go through Ubisoft for like ten years. Is it fifteen years, something like that? Um, and that was their for streaming. Uh, they will be the rights holders, and that was it. And then off to the races. Welcome to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard Mab. A world, a Mab. It's a Mab Mab world, uh, mm-hmm. and we just Microsoft, live in it. Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, Bethesda, Zenimax, Mabs, Mabs, Mickelson. Uh, it's um, it's weird. I when I first saw that this is like we have talked about it for so long, and then I finally saw like you know Phil Spencer or Bobby Kotick or just people generally being like, "Yep, no, it just happened." It's like, damn, it did. It, it happened, huh? It happened. It's very big not just financially like that we it's it's a it's For a such ton. an earth-shattering earth-moving thing it feels like it's just like okay that's done now it happened I, okay fuck we just live in that world now i think maybe since the time this was announced to be happening which feels like eons ago it's like two years ago and now there has been such a horrible uh, uh, contraction in the market with so many layoffs and stuff, and and I feel like we're feeling a lot or seeing and and not we shouldn't say we because we don't we don't necessarily are, uh, get affected by developer layoffs, but you know the mar- the industry has contracted and you see the effects of that consolidation happen mm-hmm. where like multiple studios under a roof they have to kind of get uh, winnowed down or, or like a top line goes down. You know, for a lot of reasons, there have been a lot of contractions, you know, borrowing money's hard and getting funding and, and a lot of these things. So my initial reaction was like, oh, damn, this happened. The market's in a different place than it was two years ago when this acquisition was kind of announced. I hope everybody is still on board and very happy and we won't see any kind of post-acquisition readjustments. You know well, I mean? no, I mean, we're seeing that right now already. Because there's at least one post-acquisition adjustment that's happening. Yes. Also, according to Jason Schreier, I mean, not that he talked to everybody at the company, but he has talked to some who all are are described as, did he say very excited? (laughs) Yes, very excited are the words he used. Within? To describe the people he talked to at Activision Blizzard about this deal closing. Again, I'm not saying that activision blizzard was a healthy company that should have been uh, charting its own course clearly uh the hands at the wheel had uh were were not good hands no there were some health problems uh yeah uh, at the company but alex you mentioned one uh one kind of announcement here Uh uh-huh you talking about bobby i'm talking about bobby yeah man this (sighs) this got addressed quickly and the plan is much more aggressive than i expected <laughs> i figured he would be around for well hey i didn't know for sure what would happen like there's always yeah. the possibility that somebody even who has had the missteps let's say that he has 
would have just sailed on through and just hung around, right? Like disappears mm-hmm. into the background? D- depending on the company, for sure. I mean, in Microsoft case, like, you know, Phil Spencer in particular seems pretty attuned to public sentiment and the values that they seem to at least outwardly try to espouse yes. uh, at Xbox are certainly not compatible with the various things that have been penned on Bobby Kotick over the last few years. So like, not super surprising that he's going to be out, but he's out on January 1st. Yep. Like, yeah. Dude, he's got like First two calendar date left. I, I thought it would be, I thought it would be anywhere between three and six months. A year took makes total I, sense to me. I, I, I thought maybe a year at most, like a year was a big round number where they could just yeah. kind of quietly push him out the door. But um, man, he's just, he's out. He's I think out. It, He's going to get paid. Like, I'm, of course, yeah. There's, of yeah. course, there is a giant was, golden parachute yeah, attached was, to him. That was always going to happen. He was going to get yeah. paid no matter what happened. Like he had, uh, I think even this article you linked, Brad, from Ars Technica kind of speculates about the difference between what he would have made if he was terminated versus what he gets if he leaves on his own. And it's, you know, it's like a difference of $70 million. They're speculating because they don't know for sure. I think it was $300 million versus $375 million. Um and he's going kind to of make a big difference in his life. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the man could have stopped working 30 years ago. Well, not 30, but, you know. Let's say decades, a minimum of a decade ago. Decades ago. Decades ago, he could have stopped working. Like, money is not the aim for people in his position. Uh, or look, or uh, what, what I mean, yeah. sorry, like like living comfortably is not the that aim. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. No, <laughs> money. it's just accruing more money so he can accrue more power so he can open a dance academy in Germany. Yes, money, money absolutely is the aim. What right. I mean is money as a means to improve your <laughs> right. life. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he passed the point where money could meaningfully change his life 20 years ago. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know what, I, it's almost hard to sometimes comprehend what that kind of money gets you at some point, some kind of legacy or institution. I don't know. Unless, unless you move into the, like, yeah, unless you move into like the super yacht territory, at which point actually you do need that kind of money to buy a yacht that can hold smaller yachts. I guess mm-hmm. it's status maybe too. Yeah, like it's, you, it's status. That's, you're that's starting to I, make, you're starting to make your way onto lists of yes, the most wealthy, powerful people. And that's you're like, what I mean. Whoa, okay. And well, yeah. So the story is here, uh, come January 1st, uh, Bobby's out. Um, he's, I guess they're reporting he's going to transition. Like they would say for anybody who is, you know, part of this deal, he's going to help in the transition and then they will part ways and it's kind of, kind of it, right? Yeah. Not yeah. a lot of uh sentiment around that more of a, uh, Hey, we're doing our due diligence here by acknowledging that you were here a long time and, uh, you know, this was your company and now it's not anymore. So bye. I, I wonder, well, this is a like kind of chicken and egg thing where you can't even entertain this alternate scenario. I was going to say, I wonder what would happen to him in this acquisition in a world where none of this wrongdoing had taken place mm. and like his tenure had just been smooth and, and ethical and blah, blah, blah. Like, would I, he still, would he hang around? But, but the reason that's not worth really talking about is because Microsoft bought Activision because it was on the back foot, right? Yeah. Like that because was, it was a suddenly distressed property. Yes, that was, that was the whole story was that because they were right. They were in such turmoil due to the mismanagement and such. That's that's what brought the acquisition about. Um. So what is this? Is like so we're, uh, let's for all intents and purposes, let's say November. So this is basically two and a half months, right? Like, a, yeah. of, and that's like probably by the time the ink dries on most of this stuff. I bet employees. Look, we've been part of very 
relatively smaller acquisitions and trading around. Sometimes this stuff doesn't even happen until a calendar year where you're like still paid by the old company yep. and you know HR takes a while to process. Dude. So January 1st could be, <laughs> is it bringing back bad memories? I'm sorry. Fuck, man. <laughs> you remember all of that stuff some where you're like. Some of the just like basic administrative bullshit that I yes. had to deal with when we went from CBS to RV. Like I spent most of that holiday break daily going back and forth with HR on just like expenses and basic stuff that like when you're an outgoing employee who's about to be somebody else's problem, all of a sudden people are not nearly as likely to like help you get basic stuff done. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, relatively much smaller scope than this. Um, Yeah. Again, relatively probably much smaller HR department too, but um uh, you know, again, this could all just be part of like when the rubber meets the road January 1st and everybody's signed over again. Speculation. I have no idea if this is true. They don't want Bobby in that house. You know, yeah, that, that's why I brought up the like clearly they don't want him around because yeah. of all the bad shit that happened. But I, I, I meant more just to think about like within this big management hierarchy, would there still even be a place for him there, even if there were not these other reasons to get rid of him? I bet it would have gone back to what you and I were saying before, which is like he'd be around for a year, you know. Yeah, probably. Like he'd just kind of float around in some probably. like uh, that's like you know, that's probably just too many layers of leadership, right? Like, like I presumably after after spending this much money, Microsoft probably wants pretty direct direct control of what they've bought without somebody who was there for thirty years. Or, or he, he's he's got stuff in his contract that says if you terminate me during a thing, you know, I'm going to get paid out even more, and then you don't get the work. You know, you get your years worth of work from him your contract and then you let him go versus termination during a transition. Yeah. I guess, I guess what circuitously, what I'm really trying to get around to is like, what are Microsoft's plans for Activision? Like how intensively do they plan to micromanage what they're doing? That's the, what? $86 billion. How much was the acquisition? It was like 69, I think 70 noise. Um, it's the $70 billion question, right? What like, is, what happens next? Like What's how, the first thing that happens? Like how aggressively are they going to just start calling shots with what they've bought versus letting the people who have not the people at the top. Cause clearly people like coded are gone, but I wonder, I wonder how quickly they're going to start moving pieces around on the chessboard. I got a, um, this is probably coincidental. I just wasn't paying attention, but I did get a notification. I think yesterday or very soon, like the, this kind of went down on Friday uh, from Battle.net being like, Hey, don't forget this. You got to change over your Battle.net authenticator. Um, something, something is happening. And I was like, oh, wait, right. Something ha- is happening. Is that that's can't be related. This there's is something happening here. Uh, I think it's well, I mean, unless they were like speculatively doing a bunch of transition work, tech work on the back end. I bet just it's assuming this was going through, but otherwise it would probably be too fast for something to change. Like yeah, that. exactly. Let me, let me see what it was. Uh, it was definitely something that was like, oh, my gosh, it's all happening. And then I was like, oh, no, this is. Uh, action required. This app is expiring and will no longer function. So it's probably just the end of life for the app. Uh, this is, of the app I yeah, have. I just looked it up. This is something from July where they were yeah. transitioning. <laughs> just funny a, though, right? To be like, oh my gosh, because one of the things that I would say is we talked about this last time when we were talking about stuff coming to Game Pass is what happens to Battle.net, right? Does it get rolled up into yeah, the, some Microsoft service or the, the account merge stuff that happens between Xbox and Battle.net is going to be really interesting to watch play out and see what decisions they make. Cause it's not like Battle.net is some fly by night, you know, it's not the Bethesda right. launcher or even EA's origin that kind of hung on for a few years and then went away and nobody cared about like Battle.net logins are quite old and have been mm-hmm. in use for a long time and people actually care about them. So what's going to happen like, there is interesting. what happens when I have my Xbox 
my game pass account or whatever they call it now, the super pass and like my BattleNet account. And there's games on both of these, but they're also showing up in the Microsoft store. Does, is there a BattleNet store or a, a, you know, a, a blizzard store anymore that has a Diablo four in it? Or is that just on the Microsoft store where I'm right. getting it also? Uh, yeah, uh, like, can those accounts talk to each other? Like what's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah, like at least on PC, obviously, where that's the most relevant. Yeah, like games that have been exclusive to Battle.net on PC. Are those just going to be on the Microsoft store in three months? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a, you know, there's probably a lot of paperwork in this, I assume. Mike, <laughs> that's an understatement. Let's just, let's just assume for simplicity's sake. Brad, you mentioned a little bit of this when we were talking during the break. Let's just assume for simplicity's sake. All of the IPs have been transferred under Microsoft uh, soft ownership, right? Nothing got excluded. Um, so now Microsoft has the entire Activision Blizzard catalog mm-hmm. uh, to to kind of pull from. Uh, you like, are there ambitions to go and like get to work on this stuff? Yeah, like there's quotes floating around from Kodak and Phil Spencer about like remake, remaster type stuff. I mean. Kodak, I didn't even put the stuff in the news. I think Kodak said something about like, oh, now that it's part of Microsoft, now there are resources to actually remake some of these property. Like, fucking come on, man. <laughs> you could have made any game you wanted yeah, as Activision Blizzard. But You just didn't the board to yell at you if one of them didn't pan out. Like, Maybe Phil, he Phil, knows he's getting out in two months and he's just like, I'm going to set Phil up for this one. Yeah, like like Phil was out there talking about like some, something along the lines of just like, hey, if there, if there are any teams at Microsoft or Activision who want to take a look at some of this back catalog IP that belongs to Activision and like approach it in a real serious structured way in terms of some kind of remake, like we would be all for that. So, uh, Pitfall. Hope, Pitfall. 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 Make an Activision brawler. Was there ever an Activision brawler? Like a mascot mm. brawler? No. A mascot okay. brawler? Yeah. Like a, a Smash Brothers. Like a or, melee, but for Activision? Oh, yeah. No, they've tried some crash party game type stuff. That's not really okay. what you're talking about, but like no. a little bit. What was Sony's? Uh, uh, PlayStation All Stars. All Stars. And Microsoft never had one either, right? Nope. Okay. Yep. They do now? No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh nobody nobody uh, can out smash smash just just don't no. this it's it's the ultimate um uh, is this i'm is looking this, through older yeah, is this is stuff. this forbes list to be trusted of ip well of course it's tr- to be trusted all the stuff checks out i just wonder how comprehensive it is also yeah. i lo- <laughs> i love this is alphabetical order so you get call of duty crash bandicoot diablo uh-huh. number four gabriel knight of course. Sure. Time. Number five, Geometry Wars. Number six, Guitar Hero. Number seven, Gun. Gun. Make a new gun. Hey. Don't don't make a new gun. So it's it's hard looking through some of these lists because I'm looking through a Wikipedia one now, but some of these are just published by Microsoft early on and were not developed or I you know and I'm not sure they own the IP for some of these. In Act- Activision. Sorry, Activision. Yeah, like um. Yeah, like like, like Sekiro, Sekiro is not on this list, so I wonder if they did not. I thought like I just like Activision drove a hard enough bargain that surely they would own the Sekiro IP mm. after that deal, but maybe it's not on this list, so I don't know. It might be one of those things where it's just like it's just not simple enough for them to say, "Well, we just own it." It could yeah. be like some sort of co-ownership. This is yeah, this is just a Forbes summary of here's stuff that Microsoft now owns, such as oh, okay. Laura Bow. Okay, great. For example, never been a better time. They should make a new Laura Bow games. I was always really curious about those. <laughs> Uh, 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Spyro. True crime. Anybody? Oh my gosh. Zork. Wait, that's theirs for sure. Yeah. Activision has owned Zork for. Okay. Ever. That's not a new. I think ever. I'm not, but definitely at least as far back as the early nineties. All right. Was hang on. Wasn't Zork was originally Infocom? Maybe I. That's what I, that's what I thought. But I, maybe Activision took, took ownership of the Infocom catalog at some point. I don't know. It's anyway, very possible. Just spitballing here. Um, people seem stoked. Anyway. Jason Trier, like I said, reported that the people he's talked to are, and he clarified on Twitter. He he meant specifically they're excited for the C suite to change over. Oh yeah, I imagine anything they're excited about, it's it's rest and piss, Bobby. That's yeah. what it is. Just just getting new leadership in to run things instead of the one that has really effed stuff up over the last several years. Man, I'm I'm trying to look through Activision's catalog from the last ten years, and I mean they really just tripled down on oh, yeah. Call of Duty and yeah. no, it was it was it the last decade and change of Activision has been finding the one thing and running yeah. it into the ground. Yeah, we almost, I almost got into it last week when we talked about the AI Guitar Hero thing. Like, when Call of Duty blew up, they were at least a kind of multi-pillar sort of company because they had Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, and Tony Hawk, you know? It was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, they're like, you know, however I feel personally about those franchises, like they're huge, you know? Like they've got three of the biggest properties in video games going. And then Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero both completely fell off. Yeah. And he kept going like, what's, what are they going to replace those with? And it turned out to be nothing. They're just going to triple down on Call of Duty as hard as possible. You know what? I, you guys are so much better at this part than I am. I, I need to look up a, a list of Activision in-house studios. Like, wh- who's left there that has a name? Yeah, that's that a isn't weird. a Call of Duty studio? That's a weird question because, <laughs> well, yes, so many of them have just become Call of Duty support studios or porting houses and or and or be, have been renamed from what they were originally mm-hmm. to. Right. Uh, they have they have a on Activision.com slash company slash locations. There's plenty here. Okay. Beanox, remember them? Yep. Yep, totally. Um, let's see. High Moon Studios still around. Raven. Raven is always the first one, I would say. Oh, okay. So High Moon is internal, which means so they did those Transformers games, right? That's High yes, Moon. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. I mean, obviously they don't own Transformers license, but those yeah. games could use a remaster if they can get the licensing again. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the obvious huge ones: Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, right? Uh, Treyarch are the big Call of Duty like main <laughs> studios. Is Toys for Bob still a studio? They're still on here. Huh. I'm not sure. I want to say they got shifted around somewhere, but they I, are still around. I also remember reading something that they kind of got short shrift yeah. on some roadmap or something. Okay. And then um, there's just all the different city names, right? Yeah. Like Vicarious Visions was one until they got renamed to like Activision, whatever, <laughs> Activision New York or something. Uh, Oaks. Anyway. Okay. Um, that answers my question a bit. I, Demonware. What's Demonware? A good uh, name for a game developer. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Analytics warehousing for Call of Duty and Skylanders. Of course. Okay. If, yeah. Like again, I feel like everything just kind of got sucked into the Call of Duty black hole yeah. at some point. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that was that was the thing with I, th- I think wasn't Singularity the last game that Raven made entirely as a studio by itself before they just became a Call of Duty studio. Ah, Singularity. That's Singularity was good. You know. 
I, uh, as apprehensive and I think, I think legitimately critical of this acquisition is, uh, or that I am and skeptical of it because I think consolidation this big is rough and mm-hmm. it can be rough in the long run. I Activision and Blizzard, I think were in, in tough spots. Yeah. I think even, even Blizzard just felt like they were going in circles in some, in some yes, capacity. I, I maintain my position that in this very specific circumstance, this is probably a net good for all the people who work at this company. It certainly mm-hmm. seems like they feel that way. I mean, what yeah. it means to the business is a much larger conversation, but at least for people that were, you know, stuck at Activision Blizzard and just trying to fight through the muck of right. everything going on there, I have to imagine any kind of restart has to feel like po- at least there's a possibility here. Yeah, and I, I believe Microsoft has said in the past that they will recognize the existing union. They just confirmed that too. That okay. they were well, they they said they're going to remain neutral, which means that they are not going to not. They're not going to fight it. it. Yeah, they, if the they say if the workers want to have that union here, then they will. That's what they say. <laughs> they will that's the best them. you can hope for. <laughs> right. Yeah. They will allow them to uh, have their own agency and choose. Is what is what they, it's CWA? Is that what it is? is I forget the union that Activision I forget was. which one they're associated with, but um, but um, you know, I there was I want to say. Bethesda or Zenimax, somebody the QA workers had a union within Microsoft recently, right? Didn't they? Didn't they also unionize? There was something going on there, yeah. So it's it's definitely not their. Um, I don't think it's their first. <laughs> it might be their second <laughs> yeah. stab at a union, but um, yeah, um, yeah. So that's. Uh, I mean, that's look. Did I expect Microsoft to go one way or the other on the union stuff? Probably not. If I. Had would have guessed they probably would have said we'll revisit it, but you know, staying neutral, I guess, is a positive in in this world we live in with the uh, stuff getting shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I a lot of TBD here. Like, like what uh, you know for the consumers and people out there, what what this looks like. I really have no idea. We've never been through one this big before. Yeah, well, there's now. never been one this big. This is the biggest, at least yeah. certainly the biggest. Well, I don't know. This- all cash stock, whatever the nature of the transaction is the biggest acquisition in us history, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I know an Activision without Bobby there. I feel like he's been the specter in Activision for ages. Can't wait to find out what that world looks like. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, it's always weird going back and reading about when he came along. Cause like, you know, Activision was a storied game, like Atari developer in the 80s. You know, mm-hmm. Activision was like a bunch of rebels who busted out of Atari and said, fuck this place. We can do it ourselves. Had made a bunch of classic games, but then they fell on hard times. So there was a previous incarnation of Activision before it became the Kodak house. Yeah, I don't I don't think a very different company. sense was was aware. I think didn't he didn't he buy whatever was left of Activision for like half a million or something? I, I think. do think that's like the, at least I feel like part of the Bobby tale is that, oh, he bought it for a, a song and then turned it around or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when did they get Blizzard? Oh, uh, Activision never bought Blizzard. That's like a common, was the mis- merge. Mo- common misconception. Blizzard, Blizzard has not been independent for long in its history. Like it got oh. uh, sold. It first got sold. Sold to like Davidson and Associates, I think was the. Oh, like not like in the nineties, like, Oh really? Okay. Like I think, God, I'd have to, I'd have to look. It was maybe before Starcraft. It might've been before Warcraft actually. Like really? Blizzard okay. has almost never been independent. 
Okay. Uh, they got passed around from one owner to another until they ended up at Vivendi. And then remember That's it right. was the it was the merger of Vivendi and Activision that created Okay. A new company called Activision Blizzard. Dang man, this industry. I know. Um it's a mess. Do you think what do you, what do you, Brad, what do you think happens to uh Activision Blizzard as brands within Microsoft? Let's say let's just spitball five years out. Are they separate things where like they oh, kind of have a Bethesda just like uh, what's on the box? Like yeah, like you know how like oh a Bethesda game is coming out like a Fallout game is coming out of uh, uh, Microsoft. It's I, obviously a Bethesda game. Do you think they have that same kind of autonomy within I, there for Activision? Well, I guess those are two different questions. Like there's manage there's managerial autonomy, and then there's also like public facing sort of brand identity. Let's start with public facing. Um, like a Call of Duty game comes out, is Microsoft labeled on there in a prominent way, or is this still say Activision? My my gut is that among names like Activision and Blizzard and Bethesda, like Activision is way 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 less revered than any of the others. Yeah, uh, but I can't say for sure. Like, does the does the Call of Duty audience care if it says Activision or Microsoft? I have no idea. I don't, I don't think they care. I, no. Yeah, I would. I would lean toward they probably don't. As long as the games stay good and continue to be what they want, they don't care who is on the box. I also feel like Activision and Blizzard at this point just don't have strong personalities. Um, like a um, well, I was gonna say like a Pete Hines or you know, well, uh, like, like a, a face. Yeah, like a face where yeah, it's just yeah. like you know, you get up on a stage and we're gonna talk about Activision's portfolio and their games and yeah, since, you know, like they don't since, have that. Since it became clear that things were not good at Blizzard and Morheim got out of there, there has not been. They tried, you know, they put Jay Allen Brack in that position for a while, but then he left as part of the scandals. So there has not been like a strong Blizzard face or sort of, yeah, that that has not existed in a while. I guess there is one path where they do that. They find someone to go in there with those existing teams and that kind of gets it under control in a way that. Microsoft sometimes feels very smart about in, in, in leveraging brand nostalgia, right? Like they, Microsoft realizes that gets someone in there and they do have a carve out during Microsoft press conferences where like, Hey, the new head of Activision. And we're talking about like, you guys love Tony Hawk. Here's Tony Hawk on stage. Like we know, we know what you want. Like we're going to bring him back. Actually, if they like, do they put somebody in the codec position or not, I guess is probably the biggest question. Yeah. I mean, they have to, right? Like, just on the org chart, there has to be somebody in charge of Activision, right? So Presumably. I, but it, but I think that, Blizzard that, absolutely retains its name. Is that... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. I think like, whatever... I think whatever, at most whatever, what you see is a de-emphasizing of Activision branding, but it is always its own division to some degree. And it, you know, I mean, look, it all eventually answers back to the Microsoft games people in the end, but... You know, I imagine they give them some room to exist outside of just Microsoft's uh, Call of Duty, uh, but maybe over time that changes. Yeah, the, the, you know, whatever damage the Blizzard brand has weathered recently, it's still way too valuable to not keep as oh, a yeah. public-facing thing. I think Activision is much more disposable in that regard, but it'll probably stick around. And we all know who really is running the show. It's uh, the mobile so it's Candy Crush. Oh, yeah. King right. is obviously, yeah. the, again, it was the focus you know, of the deal. I don't know yeah. if you know that. You know, King, the thing that everybody talks about constantly in the context of this acquisition. King. Uh, I mean, look, King makes a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, no, like, I know. you know, we're, we're being flippant, but like King prints money like all big mobile companies like that. Like, <laughs> I, I genuinely do believe that Microsoft just buying their way into mobile 
is a thing that they is is a big reason that they went after Activision. Yeah, like, I don't think they're lying about yeah, that yeah, aspect yeah, I, of it, yes. but I think they also overemphasize that specifically That's, because they wanted to de-emphasize the that, other thing that they really wanted. That is that is exactly well. It. Also, it gets them a little out. It gives them a bit of an out in court to say, like, look, we don't have a mo- we're not established in mobile where they're established in games already to say, like, we're not causing monopoly here because we don't have this already and this is our tactic. But King's just going to sit there and probably print money for them in the background oh, and yeah. get ready for it to be flooded into Windows. I don't know. Isn't Candy Crusher already probably come installed on Windows? Probably. Yes, I believe. Well, I don't know if that changed in 11, but yes, I think at least for a long time, Windows 10 had a like built-in Candy Crush link in your start menu. Okay, well, I better get Candy Crush on Game Pass. I don't think I've ever played Candy Crush. I'm not sure what it is. You're probably good. Is it a clicker? What do you do? It's a match three. Okay, great. Crush that um, candy. Yeah. Um. So Microsoft, Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Yeah. I, I, I bet they'll stay relatively hands-off in the short term. They always do. Probably. Like, I don't know if we just, if we take the Zenimax thing as instructive, like at least from the outside looking in, it seemed like they kind of just let Bethesda and Zenimax keep going on the stuff they were already going on for the first couple of years. I feel like, I think Alex, you mentioned this too. I I feel like Mm -hmm. Bethesda was maybe in a bit of a healthier place. Like I, I feel like they're at least again, Brad, you made a great distinction internally versus externally. Internally, they probably have a stronger hand yeah. in, in yeah. making sure employees like, are trusting of this new environment. Although we'll get right into it with this next story. I mean, like, you know, Microsoft did make some decisions affecting them, like specifically making Starfield exclusive to Xbox was probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Right. In yes. terms of in terms of changing the course of what they would have done on their own. Do it. Do you guys know just kind of quickly anything that was in the works aside from always Call of Duty at Activision that like will be one of the first things published under Microsoft that Activision was already doing? Yeah, that's like I just, just I really don't know their catalog anymore. I can't think of anything honestly. <laughs> Neither my head or no. Blizzard for that matter. I mean, Blizzard has ongoing Diablo updates just they've, they've seasonal at this Diablo point. seasons and WoW expansions are always happening, but other than that, I can't think of any like boxed. Probably Overwatch seasons, maybe New another yeah. Blizzard products that are on the way. All right, um, I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, all right, Brad, want to take us into the next Microsoft <laughs> bit of news here? Yeah, uh, Pete Hines of Bethesda is retiring. Yeah, um, which is interesting, both publicly for a whole host of reasons. Like I'd certainly have worked with Pete quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. over parts of my career when he was more involved with PR and marketing over there. But, mm-hmm. uh, but he'd become like the face of Bethesda. Like you said, like he was the guy, he became the MC of their stuff as they like, I don't know. We could walk this way back to like Bethesda's ambitions to become a bigger player in the publishing space. Right. Mm-hmm. When all the E3 press conference slots were like Ubisoft, EA, Activision, like the big ones. And then all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, there's a Bethesda press conference now. <laughs> right. What was that was around like 2015? Maybe it was the first one, I'm guessing. Something like that. But yeah, it was like, oh, wow. Like they are trying to become a big player. Yeah. They've got their own ESA press conference slot. And then Pete became the guy who was out there on stage doing the pitch. Yep. Pete was the guy who came out and then introduced Todd at the end, right? For yes. the big mm-hmm. game where like yes. Todd would come out and be like, here's your next Fallout game. Um, he How long was he there? Uh, 24 years is, is, his, is what it says here. He started, I think in the nineties. Dang man. I think he, I think he probably started somewhere in the 
arena to Daggerfall era somewhere around there, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. But man, um, oh, the Dagger Zone. Yes. Anyway, like like I said, uh, he was much more involved in the actual PR operations fifteen plus years ago when I very involved in the PR operations and also maybe somewhat notoriously one of the people that uh, held some grudges over the years. Yeah, you know, who knows who can say what decisions were being made, but Bethesda certainly is known to. uh, Like, I believe Kotaku to this day is still... Yeah. Is still cut off. I'm not sure what the state is. I mean, I'll say it for my part. You know, I never ran afoul of that guy. I never really ran into any issues with him, but, like, people have repeatedly told me over the years, it's like, well, we're not getting code because Pete decided (laughs) we're not getting code. Yeah, that's entirely possible. I, I always found him to be quite quite fair and and magnanimous with me but mm-hmm. but yeah who, who knows where those edicts were if he was making those decisions or if they were coming from above who can say anyway um there were some emails that came out in discovery or whatever you call that process of documents i guess it's discovery in an acquisition like this mm. um some emails with him like not thrilled about some of the microsoft decisions that had been made with respect to Bethesda games after they got brought in. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't remember. I didn't look the emails up this for this show, but I think it was stuff around which games were going to be day one game pass and which were not, you know, like kind of which games were being put in the sort of prime position in terms of marketing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like everything else aside, like that was an interesting glimpse into like the way that, corporate culture maintains when it gets brought into a bigger culture, you know, cause mm-hmm. like on the balance sheet, Bethesda games and whatever other games from other divisions all roll up into the same revenue, right? Ultimately, but totally, but still the people on the ground within these, what used to be distinct companies, like still, still can feel shortchanged or get territorial about the way decisions are being made about their stuff. Sure. Like you talk from experience. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, he's retiring. He, he flat out says he's retiring. And I think that's notable for two reasons. A, we're, uh, how many, how, I didn't look up the date. I don't know how long we are since like the close of the Bethesda acquisition. But I do wonder. Like that something took off? I'm guessing like stock is vesting or payment schedules are completing, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. wonder who else in that acquisition might be mm-hmm. thinking about not working anymore. Are you yeah. not so subtly saying is are we seeing maybe the runway toward Todd Howard That's, maybe leaving Bethesda at some point? Like, like like savvier people saw this happen and started asking that question. Let's say less savvy, more console fanboy type people were out there screaming about how he must have gotten fired because Starfield was a flop lol. It wait, no. is Starfield a flop lol? No, like you know, it, it some of its review scores were a bit Middling. mid. I uh, I would there, there, there is, a, there is a mixed consensus. Let's say, but on, there's also not any real indication that that game is like suffering no, sales wise. It, it was the biggest selling game of September. Yeah, like it's, it's fine. My, like, and and it's, it's not like Microsoft did not know for pretty much the entire duration that they owned this company what Starfield was going to be. Yeah, you know, like like some some people have I think found it a bit or just just me me anecdotally looking at what's being said all over the place. Like I think some people have found it. Maybe a little underwhelming, but I don't. I, I shouldn't have even brought that up. It's just another example of the dumb fucking conspiracies no, everywhere these days. People come up with about video game industry these days. Uh, twenty twenty one 
Is that the? Um, is that when it closed? I cannot remember. God, this it feels what, older than that. It I does it feel. That's why. Uh, it feels. It sounds like it is finalized. This Verge article says finalized in twenty twenty one. I think it was announced in twenty twenty. If I'm not mistaken. Um, it does feel so much older than that. Yeah. But my my guess, my internal gut guess, and this is based on nothing except, you know, what the people, spirits are telling you. Yeah, what the spirits are telling me is his his payout stuff happened already, like mm-hmm. maybe not that long ago, but happened, and he just wanted to see somebody asked him to stay, or he wanted to see Starfield through. Oh, its yeah. like, I could totally like, see him, like especially considering how long they were working on that game, yeah. just wanting to see it through to conclusion. Hundred yep. percent, like and someone like, someone who's very clearly personally invested in the company and the work and the games and the people, and of course you're not going to bail midstream on their biggest release ever. And, and like again, there there could be another side of that too, where if you stay through the completion, maybe there's some kind of points bonus or something for a shipped game like Starfield that you then see on. I mean, he's yeah. he's way up there, so he could have had like, hey, if you stay through the completion of Starfield, you will get X amount of whatever. I don't know that for sure, but I could also see it being like he's been there so long. He just this Starfield is a big deal for Bethesda, like regardless of. Yeah, flops. Law. It's a Bethesda game it studio it's, game. It is therefore like by default a big yeah. deal. Yeah, and their last especially. one, their last one as an independent company. You know, that's yeah. They made most of it before they got bought. So who who knows? Um, I, I, I didn't verify the stuff, but I saw people when when everybody was going like, "Oh man, is Todd Howard next?" And some people I saw said that he's like been pretty clear that he will. The thing I saw was like he he said like, "Oh, he'll do Elder Scrolls Six and then Fallout 5 I don't know if that's wishful thinking and then be done. Hmm. I have no idea. Uh, you know it's like these guys have been in it for a long time yeah and also for those games those games being done and out the door at the very bare minimum probably represents another decade at that company yes easily so Um, that is not going to be a short order thing yeah i mean you know of course we should be clear that it's not like bethesda can't continue making these games without todd howard no of course not like he doesn't have some magic touch that can't be replicated necessarily. No, he's just been the guy. Um, he has been the face of those games and what the, you know, kind of at the vanguard of what Bethesda does. And yeah. again, I think they will perfectly survive him leaving perfectly well, especially if, you know, they've actually done any real talent development of that company. But I feel like it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's still just a big deal by virtue of how long he's been there and how long he has been that face. Yes. But, you know, it's just, Heinz retiring is just a good occasion to, to be like, oh, you know, like all these giant acquisitions, yeah. like key people are going to leave eventually. Yep. Totally. Uh, uh, I was going to mention. in Bobby's case. <laughs> I was going to mention also, you know, I mean, what is he? He's probably in his fifties, right? Like, I don't know. Hines? Yeah. Nah, probably, I don't still, know. probably still relatively young to be retired, retired, at least here in the United States. I don't know internationally but um you know he might pop up somewhere else or go on yeah, a maybe. board you know, well, his statement else and- his statement very much sounded like what i would say again <laughs> <laughs> an exciting new chapter of my life exploring interests and passions donating my yeah. time where i can and taking more time to enjoy life yeah that's look it's it was probably a very intense time at bethesda and also with the activision uh blizzard stuff coming in bethesda is not the new kid in microsoft and i'm sure they will have a lot to have to go through and some growing pains and collaboration between teams and all that stuff that maybe he's like i don't really want to go through this again that's right mm-hmm. now, now that the now that the 60 fps mode for redfall is out a whole new chapter can begin <laughs> that's right uh my maybe work he- here is done Maybe he doesn't even want to spend, maybe he doesn't want to spend two months with Bobby. <laughs> maybe nice. he's like, I just, you know what? I'm just, when's he coming over? You guys are done? Okay, I'm out. Patrick, I'm trying to imagine a world box. where I, I tolerate two minutes with Bobby. <laughs> and let me tell you, I can't imagine it. 
You know, yeah. he said he holds grudges. Maybe he's just like, nope. Uh, you guys close today? I'm out today. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Hines. See ya. Yeah. Wish wow. Well. Can't believe he ruined Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe Oh, you mean it. Pete Hines is Starfield? Dude, <laughs> I can't I, believe he blew it. Fucking curse whatever al- algorithms <laughs> has made a bunch of the shit float into my feed of people That's screaming terrible, at man. each other about Xbox and, and PlayStation. Like, my God, man. Um, there, there well, is a... There is a viciousness to it that was not there in our day at GameSpot with the System Wars forums and stuff. I mean, that stuff was very, was pretty petty and tribal, but not, not in the way that it is hostile now. I don't feel mm-hmm. like. Um, the well, hostility tra- has definitely gone up. Let's transition into uh, legitimate hostility. And oh anger. yeah, yeah. Get um, ready for some hostility on my part here. Yeah, Alex, you want to just go for it? <laughs> sure. So we've talked about this, uh, the current ongoing situation at Bandcamp as they are being sold to Song Trader by uh, current and short-term owner Epic. Um, one of the things that had not really shook out yet was was exactly what was going to happen to the workforce there uh, as part of this deal. It sounded like Song Trader was being extremely tight-lipped with the people on the ground there, and Epic was not being particularly clear either. Uh, all of this being complicated by the fact that there had been a vote to unionize among the staff there, uh, which I'm going to, without any actual information to back this up, going to purely speculate. I'm saying this out loud. I am speculating. Might have had something to do with Epic's hasty desire to get rid of this company. Uh, But now we know, and they are laying off half the staff at Bandcamp in the process of this transition. I want to add here, I think it's one of these statements, I'm scrolling to look for it now, that none of the people involved in the union leadership came over as well. Well, no, it's okay. Here's what it is. The, uh, none of the people that were voted in to be the negotiating team for the union were brought over. And 40, I think something like 40 of these 60 some odd people that are being laid off were all part of the, the, the sort of the was. union drive. Okay. So and this is so this is in the sale. This is in part of the sale. To, what is it, this is Trader? Epic doing these layoffs yeah. as part of the the getting things to over to Song Trader, Song Trader. part of the okay. deal. And then Epic also just had like massive layoffs. Yes, yeah, that Epic is a separate thing. Huge, huge layoffs, like um, nine hundred um, something people. I think isn't this a situation where like people who are staying on or who are being kept on are basically like signing new employment agreements with Song Trader? I believe so. And it, Which yeah, I just fucking flashback after flashback today in mm-hmm. the news. Um, and it sounds like the union is still trying to negotiate is still trying to negotiate this for, for what that's worth. Talking to Epic and but I again, guess, they have decimated a lot of the yeah. people that were voted in to be the union sort of negotiating leadership. And like every aspect of this signals a big old yeah, we're not doing that uh, as part of this deal, which. You know, I mean, look, at a certain point, you know, enough of this stuff piles up. You can start talking to the labor board about like, hey, maybe they are actually fucking us over here in a way that is not legal. Uh, But I'm not well versed in that stuff enough to know Mm -hmm. exactly what what their options are. Here's what I do know. This is fucked. (laughs) Everything they are doing here, everything they did with with Bandcamp and then proceeded to not do with Bandcamp before they shuttled it off is some of the most capricious bullshit I have seen from one of these major corporate entities in recent memory. And I understand, I, like, I'm trying not to be too overblown here because, look, there's some very real fucked up shit going in the world right now. 
I have a lot of places and a lot of anger that I'm currently directing in a lot of different places. I'm specifically getting heated about this one because it is just a very personal thing for me. Like, I've said this before, there are not a lot of outlets left for independent musicians to do anything good on the internet anymore. Bandcamp was not just a marketplace. It was a place that actually harbored and you know fostered a lot of independent creators. It was a place they could sell their music, they could sell their merch, but also they did stuff like Bandcamp Fridays, where you know they would give the entirety of all their sales that day to the artist. Like there was just a lot of aspects of that company that felt like unusual in the current corporate internet environment, and especially in the music industry, which is just a hollow shell of mm. even the hollow shell it was when I was growing up. And for them to just come in here, muck around for a year, and then say, fuck it, we're shovel shoveling off to Song Trader, this licensing company that does not give me good vibes in the slightest, is just horrendous bullshit. And, and oh, sorry. fuck them for doing this. Bandcamp always felt like a sort of principles over profit kind of operation to me. Yes. Like, of course, I mean... Maybe they were very profitable and they just found a way to walk that line, but like they, it very much felt like they were trying to do the right thing uh, before they were trying to make a bunch of money. Yes. Um, like Which makes the my, sale to Epic all the more confusing to me in the first place. So like from my own experience, just super randomly, I'd ran, I'd, I went and searched my old email address for the word Bandcamp a year or two ago and forgot I had bought some albums from them in like 2010 or something. Mm -hmm. And the download links in those original receipts still worked. Yeah. Completely forgotten I had even bought them, and I just went and downloaded them again, and I was like, man, that's fucking awesome that, like, I didn't have to sign into some accounts, I didn't have to, like, do anything. Like, these, no. I can't believe they even left these downloads up, let alone made them that easy to still access. It is genuinely one of the best organized and, like, just easy to use marketplaces I've ever encountered in, in on the modern internet. And, you know, I mean, again, look, they sold to Epic. I don't know what exactly leadership's impetus to do that was. I've heard on the back end that Bandcamp was a fairly, like, was doing fine. Like, it was a profitable company at the scale that they were at around the time they decided to make the sale. I still don't know why they did it. I don't know if the union stuff had anything to do with that or what, but whatever the case, they sold, and now look where it's at. And it's just... You know, look, we've seen example after example after example of companies coming in, playing around with something, and then deciding it's not interesting to them anymore, either dismantling it or selling it off, whatever. Like, this shit just keeps happening. But, you know, I'm, I'm harping on this because there just are so few things like this left in, in a meaningful way, and especially in the music industry. And I just, I feel bad for every person who worked hard to make that thing into the thing it was, only to just get pissed away by a bunch of corporate shuffling. Yeah, there's a detail in this Kotaku story that one of the founders who is still at Bandcamp didn't even find out that Epic was selling them off until, like, the night before the deal was announced. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know what Epic thought they had. I don't know what mm. they wanted, and I remain confused by this. I don't think fucking they have any idea what they actually want at this point, except for more people to spend money in Fortnite. And it's like, I don't know how Bandcamp was going to get you to that goal, guys. I don't know what you thought you had, but just way to piss something good as far away as possible, as quickly as possible.
Yeah, they've never come out with any. Epic has not since come out with any kind of statement on what happened, right? Like, no, fucking Tim was. Sweeney's yeah. still just on Twitter yelling about AI because that's the fucking only thing he cares about, apparently. Well, you know, this is just more of the same stuff that precipitated those larger layoffs. They just made a bunch of massive investments that they now can't sustain mm. and are well, trying no, to. They could sustain. While, while Fortnite may not be growing at the rate that it used to, it's not like Fortnite is not still making them money. Yeah, I they, mean... It, they he, have he, some runway if they want it. He, he did say they're spending more than they're making. I mean, you can certainly question whether he's actually telling the truth or not, but that is their What line. are they spending on? That's the question. Well, I think they said that they, they overreached, right? I think that was, that was his statement was Epic... Epic grew too fast during the last two years uh, compared to so the So is he taking a pay cut because of that or yeah, what? I, again, I look I look at my sympathies for no, Tim Sweeney. No, I know. Sweeney, right? I'm, not, I'm not accusing either of you of yeah, being yeah. sympathetic to Tim Sweeney in this situation. No, but like um, that's the real thing is that like all any any explanation for this stuff just sounds like, okay, you fucked up. So what are you doing about it? Like, well, are it, you actually going to take a hit on this or are you just going to make your workforce suffer? I mean, my, my listening to, I, I don't really participate with Bandcamp that much, but I've seen a lot of people share the kind of fury and rage that you have, Alex, as well, for similar reasons. That to me just seems like, again, makes me question like, yeah, why, why would you do this if you didn't have any kind of pivot plans for Bandcamp? Because I've seen that sentiment expressed also like yeah. this, you, you just killed this, like you made this thing extinct, right? Yeah, like, I mean, this, it's just, this, this platform. Yeah. And it's not um, dead yet, but I mean, I, I have a very strong feeling this thing is going to go the way of MySpace. Like, it, it just, I mean, the, the whole acquisition just feels like a dalliance because like, you know, the pandemic hit and like digital revenue on everything was up because everybody was at home spending money on mm -hmm. stuff online and interest rates were zero and just the whole thing, you know, it was that whole, like, you know, Epic is far from the only company that over overextended in that period. And, you know, that's, right. I mean, that's why the Facebooks and Microsofts and everybody were laying off everyone. This year is because they went on hiring sprees, right? You could borrow because, you borrow money for free, basically, because, and, and because acquire. because corporate foresight never extends more than one quarter into the future. No, um, and then once you know, once it came time to pay the piper, they were like, "Oh shit, what do we do now?" I guess just cut all these jobs. Um, you hey. know, like Bandcamp was just like the most like artist and customer friendly music storefront I was aware of, so. Mm -hmm. It's and look, for right now, it still is like it has not gone out of business yet. Like they have not shut that thing down. They have not changed that site. I'm just saying that right now I am clenched up and just waiting for that moment. Yeah, the the key thing and the hits just keep coming because I've seen this personally as well. But this detail in this Kotaku story that I'll just read the, the two companies mm -hmm. agreed to a quote asset sale of Bandcamp rather than a quote stock sale, which essentially means that SongTrader bought the technology and platform of Bandcamp, not necessarily the whole company. Yeah. Uh, so that would certainly be consistent with cutting half the staff if they really just want the platform and not the greater business operations. It's fucked, man. I mean, look, there's a lot fucked right now. A lot of things are fucked up. It's just that this one's hitting me in particular industry-wise because it's just such a dumb thing yeah none of and, this and, needed to happen and by platform i mean like technology that Bandcamp built that yeah. trader might just take and integrate into what they already do rather than keeping it as any, any kind of distinctive entity yeah so it could cease to exist at some point again we like um I, I, 
for Activision Blizzard, maybe this is a good thing, but you know, this this is some of that consolidation stuff. But when you're part of the bigger ship, and then the ship hits troubled waters, it starts jettisoning shit. Like you know, I don't know the history of Bandcamp of whether they needed to be bought or or whatever. But this is the stuff that scares me when you kind of become the blob of companies, right? And you start shaking off things. And the thing that separates this, I think, from just the general industry consolidation that we have, you know, expressed some some exasperation and anxiety over, is that. Those are those are stories of companies within the larger games industry yeah, merging, like reforming. Yeah. yeah, Bandcamp had nothing to do with any of this shit. Yeah, like that's Bandcamp what... was not video games and had very little to do with video games, other than the fact that composers were selling their albums on Bandcamp. That's it. Yeah, actually, you know that is that is an, a, a video game tie-in. I hadn't really thought of is that it was Bandcamp was an early place to get a bunch of game soundtracks before you could really easily get them many other places yeah but it was a very easy way for people that wrote music for like indie games and stuff to just have that stuff available like to put to put it in context some of those old albums i was talking about downloading were soundtracks for like fez and super meat boy yeah exactly that's that's, like that's how that's how like early in the indie craze that stuff was i mean that and that's why i get so heated about this because like there was just no reason to pull this into the larger flux of video games and weirdness and just you know the 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 money being thrown around because Bandcamp had other outside of hosting video game music you could buy it had nothing to do with the video game industry and Mm -hmm. for them to reach out and just pull that thing in and then then punt it out again is just so crass well again this isn't my expert area of expertise but I would say from the what I've read here not punting it out like basically shitting it out like yeah. it's like this look we were treating all it the, like garbage we were all on the kind of receiving end of a, a company that had nothing to do with video games when we got sold over to red ventures and like it didn't feel great like no. it, it, like it didn't no, feel it's like no fun at all to feel like your your destiny is like two or three layers removed from the thing that is actually being bought or, or that you're a, a chip that yeah. you're going to be flipped around and like look we got but not a good chip not the chip they want I mean, I'll, no. I'll, be, I'll be extremely blunt like i started considering the idea of leaving the morning that acquisition was announced i mean there were there were things that you know were promised and that were good and we got attention in ways that we hadn't gotten before because we were also kind of on the shit end of a cbs as a giant company yeah but like it never felt like like rv was necessarily going to make a play at games like in, in a big way that it, or they were going to give it like until lunchtime right and if it didn't have a return uh by that point so i don't know if this is the same with song trader maybe they're different uh, maybe i'm just projecting here a lot of my personal grievances yeah, uh, with I mean, these things probably the probably the biggest distinction there is that we were the smallest piece of a much larger package deal in yeah. that case whereas Bandcamp was a single acquisition and then a single sale yeah um they're the only entity in the transaction which kind of makes it actually even worse that they seem like they might just be stripping it for parts um yeah i i, I don't know what else to say uh sounds like it really sucks on on all fronts there but in other news, in other news, somebody bought a Wii U. Mm-hmm. What? I guess <laughs> I don't. I don't know. And now on the brighter side, <laughs> yeah. Wow, Brad, that all sounds horrible. In other news, somebody yeah. somebody bought a Wii U. I just threw it in here because it's amusing. Matt Matt Piscatella of uh, of of Circana. Did, when did I miss that NPD had become Circana? 
I did not know that. Until I did. You, I, uh, I've, I mean, I've seen the Serkana name for like a year or two. Yeah. But until Kotaku wrote it in the story, Serkana, formerly NPD. Yes. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Um, anyway, Serkana members. Piscatella is a pretty prolific uh, video game analyst on Twitter who certainly has access to all the sales data of working at that company. Apparently, one official reported sale of a new Wii U occurred in the U.S. in September. It's amazing. One Wii U sold in September. I just want to know who the hell still has new Wii U's. We have to find them. We have to know what happened here. It's It's been two or three years, but the last time I looked into it, new brand new Wii U's were actually like pretty valuable because they didn't make that many of them in the first place. Yeah. The story says one was sold back in May, 2022. That was the last reported sale. So yeah. it's, it's been, a, it's been a while with something aging in the physical locker. It's, yeah. it's gotta be one of two things. One, it is literally, we found an, a box somewhere in the back and we just decided to throw it on a shelf and see what happened. Or two, it's been sitting on that shelf in some independent video game store for like years. And just finally someone got a hair up their ass to buy it. Like that's, I, that makes me wonder. And like, granted, I'd have a fascination with like the boring nuts and bolts things of how stuff works. But like, what is the reporting structure for sales like this? Like if it was at some like, little single location mom and pop video game store like does everybody report sales into this but like, that's the they, thing is it's barcoded so like they, it when it when that sale goes through it's presumably the manufacturer gets notification that hey this has been sold yeah i just mean what is the intermediary yeah. that is actually yeah. carrying that data from 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 point of sale to like whatever central database like there's got to be some right like what some takes system, it beyond the local stores system some, to- yeah some system or some system of systems that is all tied into one <laughs> central thing it's a system of systems uh, I, you know, I could see like a Target or something somewhere having Maybe. one to, on, on a show. Maybe they were closing was, a Target somewhere yeah, and they just found one in the back. Target yeah. is where I bought my Wii U for whatever it's worth. There you go. A couple like, of years after it came out. Maybe somebody just scanned a box. I mean, it's a, presumably it's a legitimate sale. Let's assume somebody's not just, you know, stealing stuff out of a Target and scanning Wii U's when they really walked out with like a giant flat screen TV or something. I have no idea. Funny story, though. Hope you enjoy your Wii U. Your, yeah. Uh, hope you can get some games for it, you know, too. It's kind you can't of underrated. Them. Yeah. You're going to have to buy some physical ones. Kind of an underrated system. I, I think it's rated appropriately. Well, I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the pro- proper rating on it. Um, it's a stopgap system, really. Like, it was it was uh, somewhere between the Wii and the Switch, you know? A small, a small number of great games. Yeah. Look, it's Nintendo. Mario 3D World. Fantastic. Nintendo puts out great software, um, and that they, they occasionally they put out pretty okay hardware. Just gotta. I mean, okay, fine. The, the, like the gimmick was a misfire. Let's let's <laughs> yeah. let's let's be real. Although, I mean, to the extent that it kind of proved out the Switch yeah. concept a little bit, you know, I'm sure it was useful in that respect. It's yeah. kind of actually a weird bridge between the 3DS because it was two dis- distinct screens, but also like a big fat tablet. So mm-hmm. it was kind of it was some part 3ds part switch. We were we were right in the middle of our second screen experience, right? Like our what's it, Microsoft something glass uh, smart glass smart glass. Look, everybody wanted another screen while you're playing. Mm-hmm. Nintendo decided to make a whole concept around it. I remember distinctly remember coming into the office on a Sunday to do a launch stream <laughs> for the Wii U. Yes. I think Ryan and Jeff like stopped and bought every launch game at the Best Buy or something like that. And we just sat there 
and went through a giant stack of games that felt felt like Sausalito again. Man, when did the Wii U come out? Uh, 2012. Jeez. Ah, oh, what is time? That's like over 10 years ago. That is the news. Yeah, shake it out. Yeah. Shake it out. Shake it out. Uh, that's the news. Uh, Microsoft, Epic Games, Nintendo, big players, money flowing all ins and outs and all around. Um, I'm mostly out of that stuff we talked about. Very curious to see actually now that we are, is it going to happen or not going to happen? What happens in a couple of years with Microsoft and Activision? And you think they, okay, just kind of circling back one more time here, Alex and Brad. Do you think we're done with Microsoft scooping up high-profile companies for a bit? For a while. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Do, like, you think because of this or just given the overall market? Mostly because of this. Mostly okay. because of this, I yeah. Think, I think like the just the sheer spend that it required to buy this yeah. is probably all the runway they've got for a while. You think? Because, I mean, they just came off of Bethesda, you know, like yep. $7.5 billion is not a small acquisition by any means, let alone one ten times bigger. So, and, and just, you know, look at the range of IPs they brought in. Like it's, it's quite a bit, kind bit. of a lot. Um, so if they, they very much need to make something happen with this massive stable they have now bought. I wonder if Sony, Sony's on the market or not I, I on saw, the market hunting I around. saw a headline going around. I didn't pull it in here cause it was just kind of analyst speculation, but some people in that space absolutely are thinking like Sony might go for something else now that this is closed. I mean, it, they still got Bungie incubating in there, right? So, yeah. Um, that's going to do it for the news. Uh, we have an email address. It is podcast at nextlander.com. Podcast at nextlander.com. This episode went longer than I thought it was going to go. Brad, yep. we want to do one, an email? One email. Let's do it. Max from Albany, entitled Skincare, the Just Tell Me What to Do routine. <laughs> I, I mentioned this on the Ramblecast, but. I didn't, I knew this, the, the skincare industry was a huge industry. I've seen it, but I was not unprepared for just how much love and support uh, and suggestions everyone wants to help you. there are in the skin. I love it all. I have, let me just say a quick update. So people know I have a couple of products I'm trying, I'm testing out a couple of routines, but Brad, what is this? Just, uh, just get it done routine here. A lot of opinions on skincare. Um, <laughs> I'm a resident doctor, so standard, quote, not official medical advice, just education, unquote, disclaimer. Okay. But I have done a fair amount of time in dermatology. Here are a few golden rules. Okay. The, the less fragrant, the better. Okay, sounds good. Sticking to the basics will get you 80% of the way there. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's see. Wear sunscreen every day, all the time. I... Should get better what if I never that? leave the house? Yeah, that's 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 an option. That uh-huh. is an option. Uh, the routine: uh, face wash once a day, morning or night, and pat dry and pat dry in all caps. Yeah, pat dry, <sighs> pat dry. Why pat don't you want to rub? Is it rubbing like smearing stuff around or something? Yeah, you know, it's I, just I, generally better. I, I okay. would ask what exactly constitutes face wash. Is that like? Uh, like a cleanser on your fingertips? Is that like an exfoliating? I mean, they're like facial soaps and things like that. No, I know, cleansers. I know. What I mean is like, do you, are you like putting massaging that on in? like an ex- exfoliating mm. thing? 
like a scrub. I have a new face like wash. A, I'm trying like a, it out. Some of them like exfoliate, a, some don't. Some are literally just like oil scrubs or things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know some of them have like stuff in them that exfoliate. I'm, I'm just wondering, yeah. do you put it on a thing and, yeah, and right. scrub or do you, because I've heard both, also just use your fingertips. Yeah, there's some mm. you can totally use to use your fingers with. Uh, let's see. Face wash once a day. Face moisturize twice a day. Okay. Definitely after you shave or use face wash. Okay. Uh, body moisturizer after you shower. This is the hard one. Do that. This is the, this is the hard one. Sunscreen all the time. <sighs> that caps. is good. It is good to wear sunscreen wherever I, you go. I think I am dooming my future self because I burn faster than anyone you have ever met in your life. Uh huh. But fuck, man, I hate the feel of sunscreen and I hate the hassle of putting it on. I think there's like, w- there are worlds of sunscreen that. Are you a mineral oil sunscreen person or a chemical? Uh, Sorry, not mineral oil, mineral, mineral based, the white sunscreen, like the, Oh, like the classic. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what I would use. We've also got sprays. The, you don't know, like the, like the tacky kind of, it's cause I've had some sunscreens that were more chemical based that like hardly even felt like they were on after a huh. second. Um, I think there's a broader world of sunscreen out there that, uh, yes, there's more than just that. the kind you wear at the beach. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I should look into that. Also, the moisturizer I bought has, has sunscreen in it, which that um, sounds all right. Yeah, that sounds all right. Uh, one of them I tried, and again, I think this is just a journey, kind of initially made uh, like made my skin feel tight, the moisturizer. And mm-hmm. I wonder, like, is that normal? I don't think that's abnormal. Okay. I don't I know. I've, I've like the rare times long ago that I used stuff with like salicylic acid in it that would get mm. that. Okay, I don't know like if that's the kind, kind of, of thing you're talking tight. about. Maybe it's like a little tight and a little red, but then like mellowed out. Like, yeah, I have no idea. Like, is that like, oh, stop using this one? That's bad. Or uh, no, or I don't that's think like, that's necessarily what that means. Okay, gosh, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. A few more points here. Okay, I generally face wash in the shower and do my moisturizer when I brush my teeth. Uh huh. Body moisturizer is post shower. Sunscreen in the morning and every time I leave my house. Man, that's that's diligence. Yeah, that's good. Um, the next level. Uh-huh. Uh, tretinoin slash retinol and vitamin C. Oh, now we're into the uh, serums. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good good evidence for both, but a little more labor-intensive. Everything else, probably not worth the money or effort unless it's gifted to you. Okay. I, um, so in my, in my journey through this, I've seen uh, some people have recommended the different serums and, and a couple of other things. Toners, the spiral mm-hmm. toners and stuff. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I'm, I think I'm still building my foundation here okay uh, i I don't know one last bit yes in terms of brands obviously not sponsored by any of these but cerave neutrogena cetaphil eucerin avino and vanacream are generally solid vanacream is the our product is cheaper but just as good because we don't spend money on marketing brand i none of those brands are the ones that i am currently trying out Uh, okay well, then, you're, then I'm sorry to tell you that your face is going to fall off. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> you might as well just rub dog shit on your face. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what you're even doing. Just cut your damn face off at this point. <laughs> uh, just tell me what Leatherface uses because that's that's what I'm looking for. That's uh, kind a different of a face. Up, that's <laughs> just somebody else's face. Yeah, and when um, that one gets used, he then goes on and finds <laughs> another face. A well-moisturized face. Yeah, they well, start out not beautiful. as well-moisturized as it should be. Um, Man, this, thanks this, to the not wrong. This Vanacream stuff is pretty cheap. This stuff can be expensive. And 
again, I think I should buy smaller quantities because, or find the smallest one I can because I feel like I tested out and I'm like, eh, I don't like this one. Now I'm stuck with this, you know, couple of ounces of this stuff. What do you do? What do you do with it? We'll moisturize the dog. Uh, thanks. Thanks everybody. Uh, man, skincare. It's real. It's out there. It's a nightmare. What, what an industry. What an industry. I bet it. I bet it's all good. I bet. I bet there's nothing everything over there is going great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine over there. Better than video games. Uh, that is a podcast at nextlander.com. You can send in your emails, Uh, send them in. We'll rate them. We'll get them going there. Uh, over on the watch cast side of things, excuse me, as I clear my throat and make way for Suspiria up now, uh, over on the watch cast. Uh, um, what a movie. Yeah. Colorful. What Mm -hmm. I was going to say an assault on the senses, but assault maybe has a negative connotation to it. Also, especially with the movie we're doing next week, I feel like comparatively (laughs) not so much. It's more of an assault on the ears, thanks to the the folks at Goblin. Goblin. Um, Yes, and then uh, we have recorded the episode for House or Houseu, Mm -hmm. uh, which um, if you're like me and know nothing about it, you're better off just jumping right in. You know more now. I certainly do. Um, I will say also, if you are, were worried, maybe, um, like I was like, oh, this is good. Is this a real terrifying one? I would say, don't worry so much about that. Don't, don't worry your pretty little head. You'll be fine. Don't worry about that. If you're like, ah, you know, it's not in for the blood and gore and guts and don't worry so much about that. Okay. Um, how to, what a, what a, what a movie, what a film, film. Yeah. Cinema. Uh, that's over on the Watchcast. We'll have more about where we're going with the Watchcast after our next installment, which is Train to Busan, uh, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks here as we kind of figure out, A, what uh, where we want to go with it. Alex, you had some great ideas. I really loved what you were talking about uh, off camera. But B, we're kind of also looking to see what happens in the state of the movie industry. So mm-hmm. we are kind of following those two things. And currently, it doesn't seem like a lot is happening over there. So Not at the moment. Uh, we will see, but you can find that over at patreon.com slash nextlander. There is also a new episode of Never Been a Better Podcast, a fantastic episode, if I do say so myself. Thanks to Jeff Backlar, Austin Walker for joining us there. You can find that over at patreon.com slash nextlander, along with a bunch of other stuff. We've got the Ramblecast. We got the uh, patrons choice voting happening over there. You've got the Q and a, which I think we're doing this week. We're doing this week uh, on Thursday. Yes. I uh, got Planorama happening over there. A lot of stuff, bunch of different tiers. Find a tier that fits your lifestyle, but there is one tier that gets their name read on this year's show. And I'm going to read those names for you right now. Starting with Ryan Waterman. R-R-E, the Hebe's Mostly GB's at Night, Mostly, John Richardson, Vornak, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F., Ryan Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Haunted Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, The Haunting of Deidre's House, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Dollar Sign, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Brains, Razgriz 2 can never look at Lemons the same, 
that's a never been a better podcast reference. Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slotsky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week, and a very special thank you to all of them and to all of you out there who have gone and supported at any tier over on the Patreon, watched our stuff over on Twitch, watch our stuff on YouTube, listen, spread the good word, who have supported and stayed with us for these many centuries while we have covered the video game industry from the time of its inception, from blips and bloops to beeps and bites. This is... I was like falling into some Walter Cronkite. Like some really incredible trailing (laughs) off happening there. (laughs) This is Walter Cronkite signing off for video games. (laughs) God have mercy on our souls. Yeah, Uh, that's gonna do it for this uh, this week's show. Thanks everybody. Uh, And in case you missed it, we talked about Spider Man too. Mostly, yeah. Mostly, Um, yeah. We'll have some other games to talk about next week. Though I suspect some more Spider-Man 2 next week. I, if you're if you're up for the Spider-Man 2 and you're playing over on the PS5, I hope you enjoy it as well. It seems like a pretty fun game. I'm enjoying my time there. Uh, on Monday, we had our Remnant 2 stream, so you can go check that out. We're making uh, uh, fantastic progress. Just chewing through it. Uh, thanks mostly to Brad's summoning class. I still have to go get that class. I, I mean, come on. What kind of combo? Look, if we're all summoning. Hey, I got a dog. And- <laughs> you do. You that dog, dog does work. That dog does do work. Uh, we're going to have some Spider-Man streaming going on on Thursday. And then we didn't mention it. It's, now is a good time to mention it. There's a new freaking Super Mario Super Mario Brothers game coming oh, out on Friday. Day. Yeah. Like, how weird is it that like that's the Friday kind of just kind of sliding in there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk about that on next week's show as well. Super the Mario way, Brothers Wonder. By the way, there's a new Super Mario Brothers coming out. What by the way, a game in the official Super Mario Brothers catalog with Super Mario Brothers right on the title coming some, out on Friday. Some reviews hit today pretty positive. Yeah. I I bet. I'm excited to get it. That game looks uh, fun and bonkers like the way they've been doing those Mario Brothers games recently. Uh, so you can check that out on Friday. We'll be streaming probably from the near beginning of that, if not the beginning, um, because we'll be playing it on Friday. Uh, and we'll do the same around Spider-Man 2 as well. We'll start fairly early on to avoid uh, many story spoilers for you. So come yes. join us there. Thanks, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Good God, man. GameSpot called it the rightful successor to Super Mario World. Okay, come on. That's, come that's on now. some real, that's a little, hey, don't say things they can't take back. That's intense. That's right. Okay. Well, expectations we'll see you on have raised somewhat. <laughs> we'll see you on Friday, I guess, also, and Thursday. Come join us on Thursday. Um, see you, everybody. Bye.